Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jaron Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. We've got a game week in Jacksonville, Florida, and that game is on 1 o'clock on CBS 47 on Sunday here at the bank. The Chiefs and the Jags, probably one of the most entertaining games on the slate to open up the NFL season. How about that? What a wild weekend in college football. Some disaster performances, including from Florida State. Oh, my, the folks in Tallahassee just scratching their heads. What is going on over there with Willie Taggart? And uh, we'll get into that. And then some fantastic performances, too. Some people taking care of business. Jalen Hurts is he on his way to a Heisman. Uh, some fun stuff to break down after a long weekend. Hope you had a good weekend, a safe one already for uh, what's to come in the next uh, 36 hours or so and uh, we will keep you posted on any of the updates when it comes to hurricane dorian which obviously has gone east a little bit but will still impact a lot of folks along the coastline here uh in northeast florida a little bit south of us and of course our uh, neighbors to the north in southeast georgia as well so we will keep you posted uh after all our our signal goes from melbourne all the way up to charleston south carolina so uh if you're listening on espn 690 uh, we'll try to keep you up to date on some of the latest uh, all across the coast uh, from uh, the weather standpoint. Mike Burrish and his team doing a fantastic job. And, of course, if you want more hurricane coverage, you can always go to CBS 47, Fox 30, and on uh, the radio side on 104.5 FM WOKV. But we hope to give you a little bit of a reprieve from that as it looks like we may have gotten a reprieve overall in Jacksonville from the storm. But it does impact the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we'll get into that in just a moment as they'll miss a practice on Wednesday because of the storm. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Coos is here. How are we doing? Have a good weekend all buttoned up. You had your plans ready to go in case this thing got nasty? Yeah, uh, doing great. Obviously keeping an, an eye on Dorian and the movements, although it's moving pretty slow it seems like. Uh, but we kind of had a backup plan just in case uh, we are going to get hit. And all things considered, it's looking like, you know, while Jacksonville may get hit a little bit, it won't be as serious as first speculated. So that's good news from from the Jacksonville standpoint. Uh, watched a lot of college football. A whole lot of college football on Nothing Saturday. That. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's part of my job now. So, you know, when my wife wants to go out and do something, I'd be like, hey, babe can't help you i mean you know brent's really brent's really riding me here i i I have to i have to make sure that i get all the you know the highlights figured out and everything and i have to make make sure i have all the stats taken care of so watched a lot of college football watched a little ufc watched a little boxing so overall pretty uh pretty solid weekend all right good uh good stuff and and now to the uh, events of the week with a hurricane impacting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Keep in mind, this happened a couple years ago. This happens to a lot of teams. Jags aren't alone. I mean, if you live near the coast, uh, Carolina to Miami, Tampa's experienced it before. Of course, the Saints have experienced it before. Uh, and, and we in Jacksonville have experienced it. Heck, even going back to my first year here, this would have been even before you got here. So 2008, it was Tropical Storm Fay. Oh. And I remember in the preseason, that thing just sat, kind of like this one just sat on the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a tropical storm. So it wasn't necessarily the winds as much as the rain, but it just sat right here in northeast Florida uh, and over the state for a while. So much so it just dumped a ton of rain. And I remember we were, we were supposed to fly to Tampa for a preseason game. Mm-hmm. Well, we ended up taking a bus instead oh, geez, yeah. had to get on the bus but but we were leaving so close 
to when that storm was around that I remember going over the Hart Bridge and think like it was nasty going Sketchy. over the Hart Bridge. Like yeah. it probably closed shortly after I went over it. And on top of that, we were living in an apartment at okay. the time. Our house was being built, so we're living in an apartment on Gate. Okay. Uh, off gate. It was at James Island Reserve, somewhere over there. So kind of near the town center. Well, keep in mind now, we've never been through any, not a lot of this stuff from yeah. the family standpoint. We're yeah. coming down from Albany, New York. I grew up in Rhode Island, so we had some experiences with hurricanes and mm-hmm. tropical storms. Uh, and the kids are like three years old. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving, and there's like tornado warnings coming right up 9B. <laughs> I mean, there's actually like a spotted tornado at the time in Durban Crossing, which is where we live and, and where we built our clouds. house. Uh, yeah, so yeah, right clouds. in Durban yeah. was where <laughs> this tornado Jeez. was, where were our house is being built. And then Welcome my, wife, Jacksonville. my <laughs> wife and the and the kids are in a bathtub and an apartment. Yeah. <laughs> right over there. The <laughs> Hope you're enjoying center. Tampa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, all right. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, this is I'm, I'm being a good uh, dad and husband here. Sure you are. I'm out of here. <laughs> See, yeah, see if the later. Jags win a preseason game. Yeah, for uh, sure. So, so I remember that. So it's they've always been impacted. Obviously, a couple of years ago, Jags were in Houston when uh, uh, Irma went mm-hmm. through, and they had to stay a couple extra days. Mm-hmm. And even that situation, you think about the players, their families, think about coaches and their families. Well, they were in Houston stuck over there. They're, they're useless to their families yeah. that are here dealing with the storm. So there's a lot to consider, and, and – uh I know a lot of people kind of talk in a light way or about these storms, especially when they start leaving uh, and not going to impact as much. But there's a lot of things to consider. And I think Doug Marone was in that situation the last 48 hours, especially Sunday night into Monday. And what I believe, and I don't know this for a fact, but I believe once the evacuations went in for the beach area, well, they had no choice other than to say, hey, guys, you, you can't be. They're in a flood zone themselves down there at, at Jack's headquarters. So. Yeah. Uh, I think they had to make a move. I, you know, you can always speculate and, and hindsight's twenty twenty, and say, wow, they're going to lose a practice day because of this. But they had to make the call. And uh, I think the good news is they'll be able to get back in the stadium by noon on Thursday sure. and go accord- along with their business as usual. My question to you is how much do you miss yeah. not being there on Wednesday? And how much does this throw them for a little bit of a loop just from a root? Again, you guys are creatures of habit. Of course. Routines are important. Mm-hmm. And you're you're just starting week one. How much does this throw this football team off, you think? So my first question to you is do they do anything on Tuesday or they have, they they have, day, okay, off. They have day off on Tuesday, which is and, usually and the now, way it works in the NFL. Yeah, and you couldn't which kind of surprising said, to me. Why couldn't you swap the day, right, and Correct. take Wednesday off? Well, I don't think they could. Again, I think it was all based on the evacuations. Mm. If you have people living in the evacuation zone, they had to be out, I think, by Tuesday afternoon. What's today? Tuesday. So like today, this afternoon. Yeah. So you couldn't practice that day if you had to give guys time okay, and their families sense. time to go do things. They have to. I think they had to operate that yeah, way. Yeah. So that makes sense. Okay. So when we're talking Monday. I mean, seeing how this is the first game of the season, one would think that there's no film to watch from a preseason game, right? They're not going to they're not, they're not sure. dwell on the preseason. So I'm sure Monday was kind of a big install day for them. Starting to take a look at some film from the Chiefs. What do they do on offense? What do they do on defense? Um, starting to add to the playbook a little bit, trying to go over some things that you're going to run. Tuesday was obviously the off day. Wednesday is kind of the big day because usually Wednesdays is when you go full pads, right? Um, you know, when it's, and every, every team's different. You know, the teams that I've been on is usually Wednesday, you go full pads. Thursday, you, you go shells. And then Friday, it's obviously just doing helmets. And when, when, when like, if, if you go to, uh, if you go Wednesday, I'm sorry, if you go Wednesday, full pads, like that, 
that's the physical day. You know, like that's kind of the day if you played football uh, in the NFL, you kind of dreaded to go to, right? Because you're still a little sore from Tuesday. Uh, yeah, you have the day off, but you're still a little sore from the game before. Now you're coming into Wednesday, full padded practice. Uh, you know, you're still a little banged up and everything. Well, now, that day is gone, so you missed the most physical part of the practice. I'm not sure if they're going to go full pads then on Thursday and add some more physicality to it. Uh, if I was a coach, I would do that for sure because this is kind of like the last time you put the full pads on before you go play the Chiefs. You know, and, and then I think you see in college football sometimes what we saw, uh, you know, over the weekend where I think some teams kind of took it off, took it pretty lightly in the off season, and then they weren't really ready to hit. But we'll get into that later. So I think if you're the Jaguars, you got to come in Thursday, go full pads, have some kind of contact, don't have to go to the ground, but just, you know, break those pads in a little more, and then obviously you get, you get the game coming up on, on Sunday. How overrated is practice on a game week in general? So practice. I feel like meetings listen, are important because yeah. you're in your, you're, what you see on tape and what you might prepare for and the walkthroughs and yeah. the install, I get it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying practice in general, I've always kind of sensed, th- this is just me, mm-hmm. like how much are you getting better during the week to prepare for a Sunday? How, how valuable is a practice? It's huge. You know, I mean, practices are used to kind of show the looks of the Chiefs are going to run, and especially in that Andy Reid offense, Brent, where there's a lot of weapons at their disposal. Um, so, you know, you're going to have to, like the, the scout team run all those looks and everything. I mean, that, that's what practice is important for during the regular season. It's not to necessarily get more physical, to get more intense. The practice is in place to do well on the field on Sunday. You know, so I think the fact that they're missing a day now – I'm sure they're going to be watching film. I mean, they'll have their iPads and everything like that. Coach is going to say, hey, we'll watch some of these plays. Tell us what you see. So from from the whole, you know, I mean, watching it mentally, it's not going to bug you at all. But it's just the physical part that kind of messes me up a little bit where I wish they would have, you know, just that extra day. But let's be honest. I mean, a lot of guys have families, I'm sure, around Florida, and that's the most important part. So you're going to miss Wednesday. I'm sure it will be a longer practice on Thursday, and they'll make it up and just go from there. Yeah, well, I think, too, you have to consider this from a storm standpoint. A lot of these guys are from around here. A lot of these guys never experience this. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people, when that thing was coming up, they don't know where it's going to go. They might be freaking out. Who knows? Um, You know, I'm sure they're being told all the right things. But still, if you've never experienced it now, heck, we're... We experience it every year now. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. seems like. Yeah. So uh, I think it's it's a little bit old hat. Doesn't make you as nervous, uh, and it probably still makes some nervous. So anyway, the Jags uh, don't practice today. This is a normal off day. That's nothing different. It's not like they're losing two practices. Yeah. They just, they don't practice today. They wouldn't have. But they don't practice tomorrow, and Doug Marone did downplay that a little bit. He said, we'll make that up. We'll make up the time. The one benefit they have is that they've been getting ready for this game now for weeks. Of course. You know, mm-hmm. so this isn't like it's Houston next week or Tennessee the next week or, or anything like that. They've been getting ready for this one for at least the last two weeks. But even before that, the coaches, they've got a good plan on Kansas City going into Sunday, regardless of missing a day of practice tomorrow uh, or not. Much, much more conversation about that football game. What should we expect when they play on Sunday? Let's get into it. How good is Andy Reid in openers? How good is Nick Foles in openers? Next on ESPN 690. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us here on a Tuesday. Business as usual here on ESPN at 690 as we uh, talk sports in a game week for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It really counts now. SEC says it just means more, I guess, not to the bottom half. Didn't really for them. (laughs) Some disasters. Mm, Rocky top. Willie Taggart is a mess in Tallahassee. It's just probably not going to work, and I never say that so early, but it just doesn't look good for Florida State. 
Uh, it's unbelievable what happened there. Uh, so we'll get into all that. And we'll uh, intermittently kind of tell you what's going on with this storm, too. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want some updates on the storm, we'll give it to you. It, I'm watching our weather folks, of course, on CBS 47 and Fox 30 and, and everybody here on the radio side on 104.5 uh, FM. Uh, high tides coming up. So there's already, uh, you know, some impact, I think, because of the surge and, and the waves uh, that Dorian is creating and angry. Uh, Atlantic Ocean. So there's plenty of that to keep an eye on. I think there's so many of us that probably won't be impacted that are inland. But keep in mind, there's still going to be a lot of folks impacted along the coastline, um, even though the storm is uh, now, I think, a Category 2 at last check. And it uh, looks like it's going further and further east in terms of the eye. And how about you just have to mention what the Bahamas just endured for the last two days mm. is unthinkable, in my opinion. You know, I, I, we've been through enough of these now. They don't worry me that much. I think everybody has a good plan. You, you can kind of find out, for the most part, where you can go in a safe way, and you never know. There's disaster can strike any time. But I could not imagine being in the Bahamas the last couple of days. I mean, what those folks had to endure with water everywhere just around them and, and nowhere really to go. You know, I mean, yeah. we have somewhere to go. We, If we want to fly to Chicago, we'll fly to Chicago. Yeah. You know, we want to drive three hours toward Tallahassee, we'll drive three hours. We have that luxury, yeah. There was nowhere to go for so many folks in, in the Bahamas. And I, I really think uh, we're starting to see more images in. But I think it shows you how bad the storm was in this day and age that we didn't even have a lot of video or pictures from there. We had some, but not a lot of video or pictures to see from the Bahamas in the last two days. I think it showed you how bad it was, that nothing was coming out of there because it was too terrifying and horrendous to get. Because, listen, bottom line, people are like, well, if you're going to save your, try and save your life or you're going to try to hunker down, you're not going to be taking. Listen, everybody takes pictures and video now. So you would yeah. see stuff. Everybody yeah. takes pictures and videos, whether it's a smart thing to do or not. And mm. it's just they could even get planes in to, to get pictures and images until now. And you're starting to see it. And it's really uh, devastating. You know, we saw Mexico City last year when the Category 4 Michael, I think it was, right, um, slammed into Mexico City in the in the Gulf Coast. That was Amazing. This is going to be even worse. I mean, it's a, uh, it's just unthinkable. So thoughts and prayers with everybody in the Bahamas and everybody that has ties to folks in the Bahamas in, in one way, uh, or another. Let's talk about this football game coming up though. Uh, that's what we do. Hopefully a little bit of reprieve from some of the weather coverage over the last, oh shoot, now a week and a half. That was the slowest moving storm I've ever seen. Uh, this, this, uh, hurricane, but, uh, this game coming up, man, how much does it mean for the Jags to get off to a good start? I'm of the idea that, listen, Kansas City is a favorite to win the whole thing this year. Kansas City is good. Andy Reid knows what he wants to do. He's a really good coach at the opening of the season and really the first part of the season. For whatever reason, he's very good at that. Look at the numbers. He's 5-1 and one as Kansas City's coach in openers. 5-1. and one. Yeah. He's been very good as Kansas City's coach anyway, but he's well, five and honest, one. He's been pretty good anywhere, everywhere he's been. He has. You know, but, he kind of ran I, out of Philly, but he had some I pretty read, good seasons in Philly as well. I think I read, you talk about a guy with time to prepare. I think he's 17 and two or something like that with bye weeks in Philly it, and yeah. in Kansas City. Sure. I, that's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The guy's really, really good with time to prepare. So mm-hmm. uh, the Jags have to face that. What to expect. And I think the Jags will have some wrinkles for Kansas City, too. But my point is, don't panic on Sunday night if the Jags lose to Kansas City. First of all, they're the underdog in the game. 
Like, that does not make or break your season, winning or losing to Kansas City. No. I don't think so, at least. What do you think this football game means from a W or L uh, standpoint? No, it's kind of like you said. You know, um, I think expectations should be a little bit tempered here because Kansas City is a they're a solid team. You know, I mean, a lot of people pick them to win the Super Bowl, and I can see why. This is an offensive-driven league now, Brent, and we're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. They probably have the top offense and the top quarterback in the entire NFL. So, of course, a lot of people are taking them to go to the Super Bowl. Um, I think from the Jaguars' perspective, like you kind of teased a little bit, you're going to see some different things on defense. And the reason why you'll see some different things on defense are the teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, are the teams like the New Orleans Saints, are the teams like the Indianapolis Colts, if they had Andrew Luck, not anymore now, so it would be different, are the teams like the Houston Texans that are pass-happy teams um, that have a lot of weapons at their disposal. And I think we're talking this defense here. And listen, I've I spent some time with Andy Reid in the preseason, and I know what kind of offense the guy brings. Uh, he's an absolute mastermind in finding ways to get his ball to the best players. Whether it's Tyreek Hill, whether it's Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, I mean, he just, he has this knack for whatever the defense is trying to throw at you is to get the ball to the players. So now, what do the Jaguars have to do on defense? Because obviously I'm a defensive guy, Brent, and I've been breaking it down a little bit. And well, it's listen, the best matchup in the NFL this week. It is. Their absolutely. offense against this defense. Hands I mean, you down. can't tell me a better matchup. I don't Hands care down. what one you want to roll out there. Green yeah. Bay's offense against Chicago's defense. This one's better. Yeah. And, and when you ask yourself, how do you stop the Kansas City offense? It's not an easy question, right? Because if you look at last year, nobody really stopped them. Okay. The, the one game that I watched the, the past couple days ago was the AFC Championship game. The Patriots versus the Chiefs. And Bill Belichick does a great job. If you know anything about his defensive philosophy, he always takes away the biggest playmaker. So Bill Belichick sat down and saw, listen, Tyreek Hill is the biggest playmaker on that Chiefs. And Tyreek Hill, I think, if I'm not mistaken, they played the Chiefs twice the past couple years, and he burned them both times. So Belichick made it a habit of stopping Tyreek Hill. And I think he held Tyreek to only like two catches for 50-something yards. Pretty pretty low-key. But they had Travis Kelsey. They had Sammy Watkins. The thing that makes the Chiefs so dynamic and so deadly is the fact that they, they rely on the big plays. If you watch that AFC Championship game last year, the Chiefs weren't doing anything in the first couple quarters. It wasn't until a, a, a bomb of 50-something yards of Sammy Watkins got that offense ignited. So I Mahomes think, on that play, was that extra time Mahomes built on that play, if I remember correctly? Yeah, absolutely. Too? Of great course. Play by of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong. I mean... They went to overtime. I think the, the Chiefs put up 31 points against them. So it wasn't like the, the Patriots well, they, stopped them yeah, at they all. They scored you know? bushel loads yeah. after that. Yeah. yeah. But if I'm trying to stop the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm looking at i got to take away the, the explosive play. Because the last thing you want to do with the Kansas City Chiefs, unless you're the Rams, is get in a track meet with them. All due respect to Fournette, all due respect to, to Nick Foles, you do not want to get in a track meet with the Kansas City Chiefs. So with that being said, how do you you know how do you slow them down basically? And that's where the defense comes in a little bit, Brent. I think if Mahomes has had any problems, which he hasn't had too many, if you watch him have any issues whatsoever, it's the pre-check reads. Okay, Mahomes is a genius so far, and this is crazy going into only his third year now. He's a genius in identifying the defense, what the defense is trying to do, and then getting the ball to that talent. Well, I think what the Jaguars are going to try to do is disguise a lot of things. They're going to try to confuse Holmes at the line. And in doing so, maybe he holds the bar for that extra second. And in doing so, again, that's when the defensive line can get after him. Because if the Jaguars have one thing at their disposal, it's that aggressive defensive line. Well, think about it here just from a just a very basic matchup standpoint, okay? Sure. Obviously, you got Mahomes, and Mahomes is Mahomes. Mm-hmm. From a running game standpoint, they just had Shady McCoy. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
they they have some things, but they don't have Kareem Hunt. No, McCoy's getting up there now too. I mean, McCoy is good. He's got a great resume, but he's not the McCoy of three, four, five years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Uh, and we'll see. He's new to their system. No, now. I agree with so, you on that. Uh, I'm not saying he's a bad player. He's still a threat. But the Jags should be able to stop the run pretty well. Now it could put some emphasis on their linebacker play. No Telvin Smith. Mm-hmm. You know, Miles Jack obviously gets the contract extension. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But their front and Miles Jack in the middle makes you feel pretty good about stopping the run. Absolutely, because the story with the Chiefs, Brent, the past couple of years is they've always kind of been like what I like to call a three-headed monster, right? They could beat you at the running back spot. They could beat you in the middle of the field at the tight end spot. And they could obviously beat you on the outside with Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill. Now, I'm not saying Damian Williams is no slouch. You know, I mean, I think anybody that plays for the Chiefs at running back, whoever it is, seems to have some pretty good success, especially if you're a fantasy football player. I mean, you can name Spencer Ware. I mean, any guy that they put in there seems to do really well. But I don't think Damian Williams is, is Kareem Hunt by any means. Same thing with McCoy. It's like you said, McCoy uh, has been around for a while now, coming off with some you know pretty serious injuries and everything. So I think he's kind of lost a step. Maybe he'll get 10 to 15 plays. But where you have to stop the Chiefs, especially at the running back spot, is in the pass game because Andy. He loves to use his backs in the pass game. Yeah, and so that will stretch again. Now you don't have the speed of Telvin Smith. So yeah. how do they do that? If they have Josh Allen in the game, can he handle some of that? Miles mm-hmm. Jack, I think, can handle some of that. Sure. Okay, so then you have Tyreek Hill. Jalen Ramsey's going to travel with Jaylen, with Tyreek Hill. See that that's what they're saying. But I'm not, even I'm not buying that. You're not buying it. Not at all. Now listen, they've they've yeah, it was interesting they threw that out there. Of course. But he it's also not hard to believe because he does that. I mean, no, he's traveled with yeah, he, he AB everywhere. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I agree with that. So I, I would still be surprised if most of the time Jalen Ramsey's not on Tyreek Hill. Why do you say you're not sure about that? So I'm not Other sure about gamesmanship. that. gamesmanship. Yeah. So well, first of all, gamesmanship, absolutely. I said, Brent, the whole point of trying to defeat the Chiefs and that offense to slow them down is to confuse them, is to confuse them up front. The last thing you want to do is give Andy Reid any kind of look whatsoever and say, you know what, we're putting Jalen Ramsey on Tyreek Hill. Why would you put that in the media so far out before the game? Because you know Andy Reid's going to see that. You know Andy Reid's going to go, oh, Jalen Ramsey on Tyreek Hill? Okay, a story everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and run. Okay, so I'll, I'll make a note of that. So I think it's a little bit of gamesmanship more than anything. And the reason I say that, and once again, Brent, AFC Championship game last year against the Patriots. Yeah, they scored 31 points, but Tyreek Hill was limited. And set aside from a, a Sammy Watkins bomb, that offense wasn't running at all. So I'm looking at what the Patriots did. Well, like I said, Belichick's the master of taking away the big play guy, and that was Tyreek Hill. Bill Belichick double-teamed Tyreek Hill the entire time, and then they put their one corner on Sammy Watkins. And then the, 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 the thought was the fact that you don't want to get Tyreek Hill in a lot of space. You don't want him to get the ball at all. So what do you do? You, you, you confuse that offense, you confuse Patrick Mahomes, and you run a lot of zone off Tyreek Hill and make sure that he just can't get into gaps and get the ball. And at the same time, you man Sammy Watkins. Now, if you watch that game again, yeah, Sammy Watkins got that big play, but there was a mental breakdown in the back or else that, that never would have happened. So I think you actually maybe put Jalen Ramsey either on Travis Kelsey or on Sammy Watkins. You you double team Tyreek Hill with AJ Boye and safety over the top, and then you know you kind of linebackers probably have to take Kelsey, which is a scary linebackers and safeties have Kelsey, which is a scary kind of thought because you have Ronnie Harrison and Jared Wilson who are pretty solid guys, but one of them's a second year guy and the other one is you know I think he's okay, so. 
it doesn't matter what you do, Brent. There's going to be guys that are going to be open for the Chiefs. That's just the way it is. They have too many weapons. But if I'm the Jaguars, I'm trying to limit those weapons. I'm trying to limit those big plays, and that being Tyreek Hill. Well, the Jags have the goods in the secondary with Boye and Ramsey to mix it up and do whatever yeah. they want to do. I could see them play, say, hey, take Tyreek Hill out of the game, much like Belichick did. Yeah. Right? Jalen, just take him out of the game. Sure. And then they can double Sammy Watkins if they want to do it. They can give yeah. help to Sammy Watkins, whatever they want. Mm-hmm. So they have ways to do it because they have talented players back there. The key is what you just said. They don't have Tayshawn Gibson to play, Travis Kelsey. No. And that it, can Miles Jack hang with him? Can they get enough help with the safety spot? Ronnie Harrison and Jared Wilson, can those guys, what will they do there? I think that's the key because that's a little different than last year with no Gibson now available. That's a different piece. And you right away get tested with Kelsey, who's one of the best in the game. That's going to be, to me, the one to watch on Sunday because I don't know how they can handle that. Do they have the talent to be able to handle that? Uh, Kelsey is that big of a factor uh, for the well, Kansas City Chiefs. Keep in mind, yeah. Jags only gave up 23 points to the Chiefs last year. Well, keep in mind, too, Miko Hardman, draft pick out of Georgia. Yes. They like him Speed. a lot. He, he was drafted to take over Tyreek Hill's spot. If he was going to sit out you know, for, uh, the, for the incident, Tyreek Hill is playing now. Don't sleep on Hardman either. I wouldn't be surprised if Andy Reid's got some plays just for Hardman they're going to run because he's got so much speed, man. Speed, speed, speed. A lot of weapons. What happened this weekend in the AFC South? How much did it help the Jags next on ESPN 690? Like I said, relationships with the guys, I mean, with Dwayne and other guys, and me and my girl sat down and thought about it. Like, would you rather go somewhere else? And it was like, nah, this, this might be the great situation for me. Let's come up here. They run a 4-3. I haven't been in that system in a while. and They've, had, they've played a big part of it. I looked at the linebacker core with great leaders like Bobby Wagner here and the guys around the ball. I feel like no, I can fit in right uh, right well with them guys and I want to come here. That's Jadavion Clown. He's got a new home out in Seattle and that Seattle defense starting to look pretty nice on paper. Yeah, uh, They are doing a nice job rebuilding that defense under Pete Carroll after a couple of lean years when all their stars went away. The old Tom- Thomases, uh, Richard Shermans of the yep. world. You know, that defense got kind of old. Cam Chancellor. And, and, yeah, yeah. And now they're replenishing. And, and so on paper, looks pretty good. And Jadavion Clowney certainly helps that. I think Clowney's a really good player. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how impactful he is in Seattle. But we got to go here because I think there's two things to look at. What Houston did this weekend is traded everything away but Papacitos. And, <laughs> I mean, if they do I don't know that, what Papacitos is, but it sounds like I would like it. Yeah, you would. Is it a restaurant? It's a restaurant in Houston. And okay. it's really good. Get a lot of Italian food. or what are we talking here? No, it's like oh, I don't know. Okay, got you. I don't do know. Have Italian, do they have Italian places in Houston? Uh, no, but I don't pay. It's Papacito. I don't know. It sounds Italian to me, man. Sounds something from like the Untouchables or something. Yeah, I guess Papacito. it does. Yeah, I guess yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the so Sorry. there's a couple of different <laughs> levels of this. Yeah, I think there's a future look at what Houston did, and there's an immediate look at what Houston did. I think they got a little worse on defense because Jadavion Clowney's a good player. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a pro bowler. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think they got a lot worse on defense because of it. Yeah, that's fair to say. And, and granted, I mean, you know, I guess they, they're recouped from the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks traded two guys over. They sent two guys over to Houston uh, to try to take a spot. But, yeah, you're not going to replace Clowney. Well, Sorry. and what does it mean for J.J. Watt? J.J. Watt's been given a lot of flexibility over the years because of Whitney Merciless and, and uh, Jadavion Clowney. Those guys are talented. Everybody, nobody wanted to talk about those guys, but they at least were a threat. When you game planned, you look at those guys heck merciless crushed the jags it seemed like for yeah. years um but Watt gets all that attention now he'll continue to get attention do they have enough on the other side 
to allow them to be so flexible. That's where their defense kind of changes for me. And keep in mind, they're paying the dollars for Clowney's salary. This was this looked as about as dumb as possible, quite frankly. I understand you had a disgruntled player, but it's about as dumb a deal as you could do. You get rid of a great, a good player, not great, good player, Pro Bowl player, and you're paying his salary this year to go play for somebody else. I mean, I mean, you would say that's the player one in that situation. You, you know, the players continue to win in a lot of situations, and yeah. that's worth noting. That's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Once again, player wins. Doesn't player tries to they try to get him to Miami? That doesn't happen mm-hmm. because player doesn't want to go to Miami. Yeah. Player says, "Okay, I'll go to Seattle." He goes, and you're paying for a salary, and you're not getting as much as you probably would have gotten in return if you had traded him to Miami, which is something that you wanted to do. Now, good thing for the Jags. See you later, Clowny. We'll see you in the Super Bowl if that's what it takes. Oh, it's great news. You don't have to see him twice a year. Yeah, great news. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Tunsil deal. And the Tunsil deal is one of desperation for Bill O'Brien and for Houston. And it's one of necessity. They have a terrible offensive line. They were awful a year ago. They gave up a million sacks. Deshaun Watson's hurt. They can't keep him upright. Yeah. And you have no idea what that guy can do if he can get some protection. It kind of reminds you a little bit of like the Andrew Luck situation in Indianapolis for all those years other than last year. Kind of reminds you a little bit of the Blake Bortles situation at time around here or a Blaine Gabbert situation. We've seen it up close and personal in the AFC South. The idiocy of that deal is as good as Laramie Tunsil has become as a player, and he's a good left tackle. I don't know if he's a great left tackle. He's a good left tackle in the NFL, and those aren't easy to find. Two first-round picks and a second-round pick. So, again, if you look at it right now, good move because you need help. If you look at it down the road, which really might help the Jags in the future – they have basically given up their draft picks over the next couple of years, and they're doing that for a left tackle that, again, is good. I don't know about great. He's from Lake City, Columbia, and uh, he's played well. But I just thought those were two asinine deals the way it went down for Houston, and now I wonder what are they doing. So, yeah, let's, let's break it up into two parts here. The clowny deal. I think the Clowney deal was bad because look what they got back from. I mean, that was the first pick of the draft uh, that you invested so much into, and now he's gone, and you got basically a third round, a third round pick, and then you got some other players for him. So, yeah, you recouped a little bit, but you didn't get the the whole value for that. So be it. The player won. Chalk up the player again. And, and people wonder why the players hold out and request all these crazy things because guess what? The players are winning. Everybody, it's just the way it is. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott's about to win. Yeah. Gordon, now, we'll Gordon, Gordon, I'm Gordon. not sure if he's yeah. going to win. Gordon might take the loss there. We'll but see what We didn't know if he was going to win until he waited a whole year to win. But then he ended, sometimes he ended up it winning. takes a while. It, sometimes it takes a while, yeah. So from the Clowney deal, you definitely didn't win that one. But I think from the Tunzel deal, and don't forget, they got Kenny Stills, too, who's a very dynamic receiver. Which, That's true. And then, by the way, there were rumors saying that they wanted to get another receiver, in which I thought it was kind of weird because they got, obviously, Hopkins. They got Will Fuller, who, when he's, not, when he's healthy... I think that's their concern. Okay, gotcha. And then they have Kiki Kutu who came out last year in that slot. So now they're going to add Stills who can do a lot of different things, whether it's a slot, whether it's lining them up outside. The guy can do a lot of different things. So that's going to be an upgrade for the Texans' wide receiving core as well. But I think what you're seeing here, Brent... This is the future of the NFL. This is going to be, it's an offensive first league. You know, I think the philosophy of, uh, you know, stopping teams now is more of, you know, we're going to beat teams by scoring more points than them. And that's what uh, the Texans have done here. I mean, I, I was on the show last week when you were gone, Brent, saying how 
I think the Jaguars might, might be a lock to win the entire AFC South because there's no way Deshaun Watson stays healthy for 16 games. Because I, I, I've been watching the Texans preseason games, and they have turnstiles at, at, at tackles right now. Wallace, and you bring in a pretty solid bet like Larry Tunzel. And listen, the, the Dolphins players even came out and said if Larry Tunzel's going to be gone, there's going to be like a... I guess like a riot in the locker room because they didn't want to see him go. He's a great leader on that team, and there's a lot of respect for that guy. So I was surprised to see him go in the first place because the players were so outspoken that if they lost him, they would kind of revolt was the, was the quote that was used. Hats off to Tunsil, too, because after what happened on draft day years ago, he has he's made, come a long he way. He's come a long way, and he's made a nice comeback, and he's done a nice job for himself and lives up. To yeah. what that pick was, I think they ended up getting him 14th overall that year. Yeah, but that was a ter- bad scene on draft day. It was yeah. a bad moment, bad couple hours, and uh, he's turned into a good thing. Carry on. exactly. So then all of a sudden now you look at you. Get, you have the receivers, Brent. You have the quarterback. The offensive line is a little more anchored up now. Um, yeah, yeah, you, you have to like the Texans' chances now. Granted, they they did this up front, right? I think the, the belief is JJ Watt's not going to be around forever. JJ Watt maybe has maybe three or four years left in him, and he's probably going to be done because he's had a lot of injuries lately. So I think that they're looking at the roster right now, saying, "Listen, Andrew Luck's gone. Uh, it's probably between the Jaguars and the Texans. Maybe the Titans are always. We'll see. You know, they're always kind of they're it's up for grabs, around, but it's up for grabs, right?" And I think they see that and they think we have to win right now, and that's what the decision that what they went to. Well, and listen, if the coach is making influential decisions, he's always going to say we have to win right now. True, right? And yeah. so that's where it's like, what are you doing, Houston? A little bit without a GM, you had a GM that you signed for a five year deal, and after one year, they got rid of him mm-hmm. a couple months ago, and now your coach, who is definitely the, the side of this that I've, I've been explained before, is the problem with coaches being involved in personnel is they're emotional. And part of that emotion is the fact that their job might be on the line. Well, Bill O'Brien's job has been on the line at times in his Houston career. There's been friction there before. Mm -hmm. These are his job now to me is on the line, because if this doesn't work out when you go all in like this and it doesn't pay immediate dividends and you're in trouble. So uh, we'll see where it lands. You you bring up an interesting point. Obviously, the league's going offense. They're doing a nice – I will give them credit for this. If you've got a guy like Watson who you've invested in, you like, and you think he's good, well, you better put stuff around him. Well, they've got four receivers now that they like around him. They are trying now with Laramie Tunsil to put something around. They got unfortunately lost Lamar Miller for their sake. They trade for Carlos Hyde. Duke Johnson, they trade for him. So they're adding to that. Mm Mm-hmm. What's fascinating to me, though, is you say the things go on offense. At least in this division, the Jags are standing there with this robust defense. That Those offenses in the AFC South don't scare me yeah. because I got the Jags defense. I can shut you down. The, now, the thing that scares me about the Jags is offensively, can they score 20 points? If they can score 20 points, you feel good, though. And it's not just the Jags. Look what Seattle's doing, beefing up their defense. Kind of what they did years ago. Now, they have Russell Wilson, so, I mean, they've got stuff. Yeah. Look at Chicago. They've beefed up their defense. There are teams, even though this is a pass-happy, offensive-minded NFL, there still is a focus on defense Steelers, in the NFL. I mean, Steelers have, I think, one of the most underrated defenses in the entire NFL right now. Well, the, the Patriots really good claim too. they might have more talent they've had on defense in a long, long time. Yeah. The Rams are paying a crapload of money on their defensive side of the, the football. But, but see, I think the Rams are the same philosophy, Brent, where the Rams want to win right now, right? True. Like the, the way those contracts are divvied in right now. They're not going to be able to last like, another two or three years. But doesn't so I, my my caution is this: we can talk all we want about thirty-five to thirty-one. We can talk about the Mahomes and the Aaron Rodgers and the Deshaun Watsons and putting up points. 
There's a lot of teams that still rely on their defense, though, to do a lot of things. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of investments. There's a lot of talent on the defensive side of the football around the NFL. This yeah. isn't turned into the Big 12, I guess is my point. I got you. You know? Yeah. Defenses can still win in the NFL, mm-hmm. and the Jags are primed to do that if they can score 24 points in a game. That's we'll what see. I learned this weekend. <laughs> Florida State might never win again. <laughs> Ouch, Brent. We'll talk about him next on ESPN 690. Seeing some good things in the ball game the other day. Also seeing some bad things. When I say bad, just being more consistent in our techniques and fundamental things that we can do. Uh, we can be so much better there, and, and, and we can help our, our players as coaches in being in those positions so that, that, it, that they can make the play. But uh, saw some good things that we can build off of. And like I said, uh, Saturday night, one game will not define this football team. We're going to work really hard to get this thing turned around, and, and we will. Oof, will they really? That's Seems really tough. You know, I, that's an interesting observation. And I almost wonder if he feels too calm. You know, listen, guys deserve time. You don't get it a lot in this industry, right? Yeah. Uh, especially with knuckleheads like us, you know, calling for jobs and stuff like that. That, that happens a lot. But, and I'm all for that. Like, listen, you build your program, you get a couple of years. But there's a lot of red flags now around Willie Taggart in, in, a, in a season and a game. I mean, there really are. I mean, you can't ignore that. And while... I'm not even saying, hey, the guy should get fired right now. I'm just saying it doesn't look like this one's going to work out. It's not good in Tallahassee. Some of the same issues, same problems. And now talking about how they weren't hydrated enough. I mean, the advantage of playing early season games in Florida against Boise State is massive. I mean, the Jaguars think they have an advantage Sunday over Kansas City because it's going to be 91 degrees on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Guess what the Jags just practiced in for the last five weeks? 98 degrees. They should be better conditioned for it, better prepared for it. That's natural. You should be used to it. You never get used to it, but you should be at least more well prepared for it than the other team. If that's not the case on Sunday, if the Jags start cramping up in the second half, if they look like they're gassed and Kansas City doesn't, well, then I think it's fair to question what the Jaguars are doing, too. Yeah. So it's, it's fair a- to question what Willie Taggart and Florida. What are you talking about? How are, how are you not prepared for this? Why is this something you have to go back and fix? You just spent a whole season there. He used to coach at South Florida. I mean, no. this guy—that's—that's that's just an awful look. There's so many bad looks for Willie Taggart and all this. So even if you want to defend him, try to defend him, you're bought into it. There's a lot of things that are tough to defend in the first however many games of his career in Tallahassee. Of course, with that comment coming from during the press conference, Taggart said that he had a talk with the training staff because he felt like the guys were a little dehydrated and uh, Boise State wasn't. And yeah. Hey, you're you're a school in Florida. You should know what to, how to hydrate everybody. Like, do you think players aren't drinking Gatorade and water and Pedialyte like a week before the game? Like, that's just see to me, Brent. That's pointing the finger. That's making up excuses. And when you're supposed to be the voice of that team, the leader of that team, and you're blaming hydration uh, on the loss, I have an issue with that. If I'm a Florida State Seminole fan, I have an issue with that. Because now all of a sudden, and granted, he took responsibility later in the press conference. He said, yeah, it falls on me first. But the whole hydration thing should be an afterthought. And if it is something serious, then keep it under wraps. No one wants to hear excuses. And to me, that's an excuse. Yeah, it, it's um, 
And it's just a pile of things. See, the problem was when you when you're an offensive guy and your offense looks so out of sorts at times. Third down's not good. Listen, everybody was praising him in the first half. I mean, oh, you I, got thought were, I thought Florida State was back. I, it was great. It was well, good to see. In the first quarter, twenty-one to six. I'm like Cam Akers, MVP. You know, Cam Akers, Heisman candidate. I'm like, oh yeah. Florida State's back. Meanwhile, I'm in Columbus, Ohio, kind of <laughs> watching this from afar. Sure. And, and then I go up, and, and now that they haven't scored in like a century, it seems like. I mean, yeah. uh, they hadn't scored for as long as Dorian didn't move, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And I add up the plays, and at one time, going back to the end of the first half, they had run 27 plays and had 29 yards yeah. against Boise State. We're not talking about Clemson. Like, I understand. Clemson's way above probably everybody else, but way above Florida State at this point. We're talking about Boise State. And Boise State, again, a good football program. Hats off to them. I mean, you know they had five starting guys back uh, up front. They had a true freshman quarterback. This team gave up 600-and-something yards to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many embarrassing moments. I don't have to list them all for the folks at Florida State. I think the overall thought is I am never a guy that says this is not going to work. Well, on this one, I think I'm a guy that says it's not going to work. It's just not. It's, it's Something's amiss with this. And by the way, you know what, Florida State fans? It was bound to happen. Because if you think back, Bobby Bowden worked in a big-time way. Mm-hmm. And it worked for about 35 years. Now, the end wasn't so great, but he hung on and he, he probably stayed a little bit too long. But it worked for a long time. They get Jimbo Fisher in after a decent wait, and it worked. And I know he left it in a bad place again, not as good as he could have. Won a national championship. The trend said, Murphy's Law said, they were not going to get this hire right. They could have hired Dan Mullen. They could have hired uh, Willie Taggart. They could have hired, name your guy. And they weren't going to get it right. It just wasn't going to be a fit. It, it wasn't going to happen. That's what the trend says. Very few programs hire the right guy every time. And so I I think this is a little bit of that. I think they're going to have to ride this out. It's not going to work. It's $17 million on the books this year is the reported number to buy him out. That's not happening. He's staying until next year, in my opinion. Yeah. They don't have a lot of money floating around Florida State. It's, it's just not that way. I think, now listen, they'll win some games. If Willie Taggart can come out of this somehow, more power to him. I'll be really impressed. But... It's, it's not to say he's a bad guy. He's just not an awful. People don't get to this stage and be an awful football coach. Some guys, it's just not going to work. It's it, Whether the fit, uh, they're not good enough. I, I don't know what it is, but it doesn't happen. The one other thing I, I, I kind of toy around with on the Willie Taggart front, he's a calm guy, right? Very low key. Mm-hmm. He obviously is a, he's a good recruiter. You can't take that away from that. Even with all the stuff they've gone through in the last year and change now, he's recruited pretty well, given the, the record and the situation and the noise around the program. But how many coaches, you'll be able to answer this, mm-hmm. how many coaches are this calm, cool, soft-spoken, and successful? At the college level, too, keep in mind. This is, just, this is in the pro it's level. It's just not the makeup. Now, I'm Can't not saying it them. doesn't happen. Like, like Bill Snyder, he was at Kansas State forever, but they weren't winning national championships. Yeah. I, I'm th- actually thinking of the guy coming in here. Andy Reid, you played for him. Sure. Is, but it, like he comes across as this soft-spoken oh, kind of guy. Yeah. Is he always like that, or does he get on your ass a little uh, bit? You know, I think it's one of those guys, Brent. And I, he, yeah, I've seen him get on. I mean, any coach is going to choose somebody out. Yeah, I'm not saying Willie Taggart's never yeah, yelled at a guy. they make mistakes. But no, for, for the most part, like, 
Andy Reid's not a guy that's going to have the rah-rah speeches. All right, a- Andy Reid's going to come in before a game, uh, or before, like the, like the, the say it's like a Saturday night in the hotel before the game. All right, guys. Well, you know we're playing the Jaguars. Uh, we, we had some good cheeseburgers here. I made sure with the chef made some extra good cheeseburgers for you guys. This is like the Kansas City beef they got coming in here. It's good stuff. Uh, let's go. Have a, let's go have a snack on me, and we'll see you guys Sunday. Like he just he's not the rah rah getting your face type of guy. He's the most laid back. I mean, his personality matches the way that he dresses. You know, like he's he's got the Hawaiian shirts and just the casual attitude. And and I love it. And sometimes when you have a guy like that, Brent. That also makes you want to play for him more because you don't want to let him down, right? Yeah, yeah. But these are pros. These are grown men that we're talking about in the NFL. This isn't college guys, yeah. all right? These aren't kids coming from high school and now, you know, living in the dorms and things like that. So there is a difference there. So that's why I say you got to be hesitant about that kind of casual, laid-back kind of demeanor at the college level. Yeah, and listen, we're not inside the meetings. I'm not saying I, – I just don't – it doesn't come across to me that Willie Taggart's this master motivator guy. And to your point, in college, that does exist. Whether yeah. you're talking college basketball, college baseball, college football, the master motivator does exist. Like, you can get on these guys, right? Yes. There's a little bit of a fear factor of those guys. And and while we did just say Andy Reid, we might be able to list five or ten other people. But it's not the norm. And so it just struck me this weekend, all this calm nature about it, all this – it's like okay, Whoa. is that is this going to ra- is he can he even rally the troops? Yeah, not only in the locker room but outside the locker room, which is also important in college football. And a few observations with that I saw. I mean, I thought Florida State's defensive line played very well in the first half against the young quarterback, made him forced to make some bad decisions. And Florida State had the talent, Brent. They had the talent in spades. But what I saw is they didn't. They didn't set the Florida State players up to win, especially on that defense. You let an unknown guy from Boise State run for 150-something yards. Not acceptable. More college football talk coming up next. Jason Fitz from ESPN joins us next here on ESPN 690. Welcome back. We'll keep you updated on Hurricane Dorian, uh, which uh, sooner or later in the next uh, day or so, I think we'll be right off the coast of Jacksonville. Really crazy if you look at the satellite image of the hurricane, how close it is to the state of Florida. Yeah. Yet, as you get inland, I think saying, like Barge is saying, west of I-95, it will be very minimal impact probably. Um, man, where that could have gone, and thankfully it went a little bit more east. Still, the beaches around here, the coastline going to get hammered up and down uh, the state of Florida into Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina once again. Uh, we'll continue to keep you posted on that. You can check that out. Our coverage on the TV side is now wall-to-wall, by the way, on CBS 47 and Fox 30, and also here on the uh, radio side on 104.5 FM. So uh, make sure you uh, check that out. Meanwhile, if it's okay, we're going to continue to talk a little sports. A lot of sports to get to. It's a game week for the Jackson. Jaguars NFL season opens on Thursday we'll have picks and division winners and all that kind of fun stuff a little bit later but it was really opening week in college football and right now uh, joining us from ESPN is Jason Fitz as he does every Tuesday here on ESPN 690 you can catch him on first and last uh, five to six in the morning on ESPN go look and wingo a regular uh, contributor and new show check this one out countdown to game day Saturday mornings with David Pollock and Maria Taylor. It's on the ESPN app, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Jason, how you doing, man? And how did the show go on Saturday uh, with the countdown to game day? Spectacular, and thanks for uh, thanks for plugging it. I'm glad to hear you guys are safe and everything's good. There's bigger things, obviously, than sports. And safety is uh, it, it's the number one part of everybody's mind, so I'm glad to hear that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, everything went well Saturday. We're really proud. It was the first weekend, and... Uh, almost 2 million people hung out with us to watch the show uh, between the app and YouTube and Facebook. 
and uh, and Twitter. So a uh, great start, and we're really excited to be part of game day every single Saturday. Hey, listen, no pressure, Jason, but we just want you to bring those two million people here at four o'clock on Tuesdays to ESPN six ninety. Is that all right? <laughs> Perfect. I got it. I got it figured out. You know, it's uh, I, I've got a method to it, man. If I can figure that part out, ooh, we'd all be living on an island doing this somewhere. You know, <laughs> Brett Martin, along with former Jags player Austin Lane here at ESPN six ninety, joined by Jason Fitz, and we're going to talk all sorts of football all year long. And last week we introduced you to uh, to Jason, so you can go back and listen to that show. Of course, it's still there if you want to. But let's get right into it, man. How much did the SEC save themselves? Do you think with the Auburn comeback win over Oregon? You know, that's a really interesting question because the SEC has been stuck in this pattern for a while. When you think about it, the good teams are great. The bad teams are terrible. And I'm not sure the SEC really – the bad teams don't have a lot of incentive more often than not to make themselves better. I'll use Vanderbilt as a great example, having lived in Nashville for 20 years. Remember, Vanderbilt turns around and cashes those SEC checks. They get their fair share of whatever money comes in for the SEC. So – you know, they decide that as a school, they'd rather put that money towards, you know, doctors, lawyers, and important things that, you know, that they try and, and build for their school. Football isn't one of them. So I don't know that there's really this, this message from the lower tier to, to get better quickly, but it was an embarrassing week for the low tier and no, no more embarrassment than Tennessee, which for the Vols and for the Vol fan base, that's maybe the most inexcusable loss in program history. It's unbelievable. It really did, rem- you know, Here's the deal. There's a lot of Gator fans around here, a lot of Knowles fans around here, obviously some Hurricanes and Georgia fans and UCF fans. we got a lot, a, a lot of different fan bases and a lot of different SEC fans, really, uh, I think, and college football fans in our area. And what that game reminded me of, the Tennessee loss, was a lot like the Georgia Southern win over Florida years ago. But it not it wasn't just that. It kind of Tennessee right now and even Florida State right now. They remind me of Florida during those Muschamp and McIlwain days at times. And part of that is you have no confidence in them. Like Florida State is going to play Louisiana Monroe this week. That is not going to be an easy game. It won't. There's nothing easy for Florida State. Tennessee is going to play BYU, and I have no idea how they are favored by three points to win that game. I really don't. I would have no faith in that if I was the Vols. So it's really this uncertainty that I think a lot of those programs just are not used to. There's no confidence in winning the football game on Saturdays, no matter who you're playing. But at the end of the day, these types of programs are defined by what should be able to make a program great. And when you talk about college football programs that should be great, you look at it and say, are they in a hotbed area for recruiting that makes it easy? Yes. Do they have the financial means to do whatever they want to do? Yes. Both of the schools you mentioned, Florida State and Tennessee, have the means from alumni to get anything done. They'll spend whatever it takes. They have beautiful facilities. They do have passionate fans when they win. So where's the disconnect when you have all of these advantages? I mean, we're talking about Tennessee suddenly like it's Memphis, and it's not. You know, these schools have every advantage and every reason to expect that they're going to be able to be competitive at the highest level. And with the Vols, you have a team that, frankly, fired their athletic director and then went to, what, their sixth or seventh coach on the list after interviewing. Mm -hmm. They get somebody to come in, and as he comes in, he's just not doing well enough. That wasn't a young quarterback. That's not a young football team. The Tennessee football team losing that sort of a matchup is embarrassing, and the same with Florida State. Willie Taggart has a responsibility to build the brand, and it's the opposite that's happening when you blow those sorts of games. 
Jason, you, you guys, you know, you stay in Tennessee and everything. I mean, I always compared Tennessee to Texas, where it was two schools that should have all the talent in the world, but for whatever reason, for the past decade or so, haven't been able to, to make that next step. Now, with Texas, excuse, I think you have you have Texas Tech, you you have you know you you have you used to have Baylor. I mean, there, there's a lot of A and M exactly. There's a lot of schools in Texas. What's Tennessee's excuse? Because, I mean, I'm not sure if it's really a talent thing or more of a coaching thing, but one would think if you're a kid, you grew up in Tennessee, you want to play for the Vols. You do. I mean, you're absolutely right. That has been the case forever, and I think that's the problem. The problem for some of these schools is that there was a spot where it was good enough just to be that school because college football used to be so regionally based. That's one of the things that makes it so awesome is that Florida fans live around the school. Well, as the as brands become bigger and as TV packages allow you to follow your favorite team wherever you go, now you can't just rely on, hey, we're Tennessee. 20 years ago, 10 years ago, you could rely on, we're the Vols, and you're in the state of Tennessee or you're within a four-hour, five-hour drive in Knoxville. This is a destination. Now kids have the opportunity to see all the different coaches in all the different areas play. I or Coach, I just don't think it's as appealing for kids to need to go to that school that way. So Tennessee somewhere lost their edge because I think, frankly, they got lazy and just expected that being Tennessee was enough. And now how do you get out of that cycle? And that's the toughest thing to do. It takes some sort of energizing coach that can they can not only fire up the fan base but also fire up the kids. That's what Tom Herman is doing in Texas. But, I, I mean, do we look at, at Pruitt and think that that's the answer for, for Knoxville or for the Vols? Do we look at Willie Taggart and feel like he's that guy that can fire everybody up for Florida State? No. And, and in today's world, if your coach isn't that sort of a brand that you can build around, I don't know how your team steps back out of uh, irrelevance, which is a strange place for those programs to be. Justin, the biggest takeaway that I'm taking from the first weekend of college football here is the transfer portal. We got Jalen Hurts put up six touchdowns, three passing, three rushing. Justin Fields puts up four touchdowns. Brent was at that game at Ohio State. Um, what are your thoughts? Because we haven't really heard your thoughts yet on the transfer portal. And just, like, how crazy is it going to be now? Because you see these guys having so much success in Oklahoma and Ohio State. I mean, are the floodgates just going to open now for the portal and everyone's going to be jumping in this this following year here? Yes, and uh, to your point, you have talented kids that went out and were immediately successful. I expected that from Jalen Hurts. Oklahoma has had two straight Heisman winning quarterbacks that were transfers. And so Lincoln Riley obviously has a very particular skill set. I feel like Liam Neeson right there. I mean, he has a very particular set of skills. Uh, when he can turn around, he can take somebody that no longer believes in their own ability to the right level and find that belief back in them. He can make good players great again simply by putting them in the situation to succeed. So, you know, you, you look at that particular style and you say, man, it's working. But you're right. Across the board, Jacob Eason had big numbers in Washington. Uh, Kelly Bryant had a great game for Mizzou, even though they didn't win, you know. And so if you're a kid that's just trying to get tape, the transfer portal is a lifesaver. The problem is the more active the transfer portal gets, the more active the transfer portal becomes because as every one of these quarterbacks moves to another school – that means as coaches are there recruiting these new kids to come in, what do you know, other kids are going to leave where they are. So it becomes a never-ending cycle of almost like free agency for 
college football, I think as much as we like it, and I love player empowerment and movement, I'm a little concerned about how far over the top it could go over the next couple of years. Jason Fitz from ESPN with us. Catch him on all different platforms. Listen to him on ESPN 690 in the mornings, 5 to 6 a.m. on first and last. Go look at Wingo regularly. Countdown to game day as well. Uh, a new venture with uh, David Pollock and Maria Taylor on ESPN app, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook that did really well uh, on Saturday morning. Where are you guys going this week, by the way, game day? We are headed to Austin for the big LSU Texas oh, fantastic. Uh, and you mentioned the SEC. This is a big matchup for the SEC, you know, because these good teams better be darn good. Otherwise, we're going to be scratching our head. Yeah, and I want to ask you about these games coming up, but I, let's one more time on, on last week's games. You, how many touchdowns could you score uh, if you played for Lincoln Riley, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not athletic enough to get many. Uh, but, look, I mean, like I said, just being able to find the right buttons is its own skill set. Being able to recruit transfers is its own skill set. And then also, what did we see from Jalen Hurts? I mean, this is a kid that's won a lot of games at Alabama, and we're acting like he was not an effective quarterback simply because he got beat out by Tua Tagovailoa, who most think will be the first pick in the draft next year. So, you know, Jalen Hurts knows how to win, and I was really impressed that Lincoln Riley didn't hold anything back in week one. We saw how active he's going to make Hurts. We saw that he's going to let Hurts run and throw. I mean, I, I, I'm telling you, Oklahoma, especially with the love that the Big 12 is getting right now, if Jalen Hurts keeps playing that way, he is going to be in the Heisman conversation, as amazing as that is to say. It'll be hard not to. I mean, I think in the first week he jumped in just from a statistics standpoint, it was just unbelievable to watch. I mean, that guy's playing a video game with his offense, uh, Lincoln Riley. is. It's really fascinating to watch over these last few years, and, and it will lead to huge things if he wants to for Lincoln Riley. All right, this question is going to lead into next week because Clemson has Texas A&M next week, along with your big game with LSU in Texas, too. Uh, I said last week on this program – and, and I'm not saying this week indicated it, but I think the season will showcase it. That I believe everybody's talking about Clemson and Alabama and then everyone else. Jason, I get the feel that it might be Clemson and then a gap to Alabama and then maybe everybody else. Uh, I, I just think Clemson is that good, that talented, and I think we'll get a better indication of that maybe this weekend. Well, I, you're right about the talent level, and, and look, look no farther than Nick Saban, who's brutally honest, obviously. Nick Saban, you could tell him it's a beautiful day outside, and we all know he'll still say, nah, it's cloudy. We get that. <laughs> but uh, he, he was very transparent at ESPN this summer when he came to campus. He talked about their thinnest areas on defense were at, specifically at linebacker, and he said without prompting that that was an area they didn't feel, he didn't feel like they could take any injuries. Now they've taken multiple injuries mm -hmm. there. They're relying on a lot of youth. I think the talent gap between Alabama and Georgia is actually tighter than the talent gap between Alabama and Clemson right now because of that. So, you know, Trevor Lawrence looked a little rocky at the beginning of the game, but uh, even at that, he's still going to be, in all estimation, uh, one of, if not the top quarterbacks in all the land. And Travis Etienne reminded us that he can score from anywhere. And Clemson, Facklin, they, they can reload on defense every single time they want to. So, uh, you know, to me, it's clear cut that Clemson is the favorite to win the national championship right now. But we'll find out quickly with A&M and, and the Syracuse team that, for whatever reason, seems to be a thorn in their side coming the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it might be Trevor Lawrence's worst game of the year that we just saw. Could be. I True. mean, it's possible. And, and listen, it's sports. I mean, things happen. I, I'm not saying they will roll, but it just feels, it feel, man, he's got that machine working right now, just like Alabama has had for a very long time. Uh, who do you... Is it too early to ask who you like in those games? I mean, does Texas A&M give them a, sh a, a little bit of a game? And how about L is Texas there now? Is Texas is this a statement game coming up for Texas over LSU potentially? 
It is a statement game for for Texas against LSU. It's the opportunity to make a statement. I just don't think we'll see it this week. As LSU brings in a new offensive coordinator that's going to spread some things out, it's going to give them a real advantage early in the season because we have no idea what the offense is really going to look like. So early in the season, I think LSU gets a sort of a a little a little uptick, a little advantage in just lack of uh, lack of ease and scoutability. That's going to play into this game particularly because the teams are so even in talent. On the other side, I just I believe Clemson's the best team in all the land, and so you know while Texas A&M is definitely on the rise, and Texas A&M thinks that they put themselves into the conversation to be one of the two or three best teams in the SEC. They're taking on the best team in all the land. So Clemson, you know, better team, bigger moment for them to go out and make a statement. I, you know, I just I feel like Clemson's got the advantage there. Uh, but I'm going to go with that. As hard as this is right now, I go with LSU in Texas. That'd be a big statement win for LSU, though, if they get it. Absolutely. And some people think they're ready to take the step. We'll find out uh, maybe this Saturday just how big of a step uh, that is into the, the national championship kind of conversation. Jason Fitz, catch him countdown to game day Saturday mornings on ESPN app, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. It, it got off to a great start this weekend. Even better coming up on Saturday morning leading into college games at game day. So check that out. Also, you can hear Jason Fitz uh, every morning or most mornings on ESPN six. Uh, early on uh, with his own show and with Golick and Wingo. Just have to wake up early, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, man, thanks. Uh, good catching up with you. we got a big NFL weekend, too, so we can even talk about that a little bit next week. Perfect, y'all. Stay safe. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Uh, Jason Fitz from ESPN uh, checking in. I want to get your college football playoff scenario. You never gave it to me. I mean, I had Utah in there, and they didn't look uh, great. And, the yeah. and then all of a sudden, they turned it on. I like them. It's going to offend I've some people. Michigan off to a decent start. Yeah. Yep. I had Clemson, and Clemson's just Clemson. Mm. Uh, and uh, what was my other one? Georgia. Sure. And yeah. I don't mind that. Georgia's good. Yeah. Georgia's business. See, Georgia's not sexy, but they're no. business-like. Yeah. And I like that about it because that's the way Alabama sometimes would win, too, right? Yeah. They'd be like, oh, why are they only winning by two touchdowns? And then you go to the fourth quarter, and before you know it, it's a 30-point win. Spoiler alert, I will give my picks during the next segment here. If you're a Clemson fan... Turn off the radio right now. Yeah, That's all well, I'm going to say. Hey, if you're a Clemson fan, how about this? Roll on it because there's a really good chance he's going to be raw. That's so a record good point. it. Ah, roll on it. It's kind of like a right TV turn. Record we'll see. it. Record this because I've been right about a lot of things. All right. We'll see. Worried about a lot of things. I told you there'd be a signing on Labor Day. You're, you're right. Oh, well, yeah, it wasn't the right signing, though, now was it? Uh, yeah. We're talking about Miles Jack. A little balling and falling. Coming up along with uh, Austin's College Football Final Four on the way on ESPN 690. Action Sports Jacks with Brent Martineau on ESPN 690 is brought to you by Best Bet Jacksonville and Orange Park. I'm happy for Miles. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for all players that, you know, are able to go out, perform well, earn a contract. You know, I'm not involved in the money or anything of that, that situation, but I've said it before with Miles. I mean, Miles is a unique type of guy, meaning that, you know, here's a guy that can play all three linebacker positions. I know that we've gone through this before. You know, is he a Mike? And is, you know, moving him back? Is he a Will? Can he play Sam? I've always felt from the beginning, whether you guys felt differently or not, that in all three of those positions, he can excel and be one of the top performers at that position. That's Doug Marone on Miles Jack. A new contract for Miles Jack, the Jaguars linebacker. And great story. I like Miles Jack a lot. Uh, good dude. Uh, fun guy. Smiles a lot. And I'll tell you, I'll go back to that draft. And that was the draft Jalen Ramsey was in, too. So Jalen probably won't like this. Uh, probably like to clip it somewhere. Here comes the block. Or, 
Here comes the block. Here comes the block. <laughs> I, mean, I say 500 million things nice about Jalen, but here we go. This is going to be the one that he reminds oh, me of. Oh, guys can keep receipts, Brent. You saw that with uh, Miles Jack and Ian Rapp before, <laughs> man. You keep that? receipts. How about that? Uh, but anyway, go back to that draft. Yeah. And I remember doing shows and saying, because there was so much talk in the last 24, 36 hours around Miles Jack, but I remember going into that draft and even during that day of and, and leading in, that uh, I thought Miles Jack was the best player in the draft. I thought yeah. the best player in the draft. Now, I'm not a draft Nick. I'm not Mel Kuyper or Todd McShay or name your favorite analyst. Yeah. I just thought I, I thought this guy was that good. And to see him drop and then to, for the Jags to get him in the second round is one of the great gets of all time. Now, what also is a great get of all time is Jalen Smith – by the Dallas Cowboys, because yeah. he obviously has been rewarded with a contract. He looks like a fantastic player. He's come out on the other side of that. That was way more risky, in my opinion, than the Miles oh, Jack one. Oh, yeah, because you remember the injury and the was nerve in, damage. In that bowl game. It yeah. was just, oh, And yeah, he had to bad. sit out. I mean, when you make an investment in the second round, you know the guy's going to sit out probably for a year, maybe almost two. Yeah. That's the way that happened. And those don't always work out. I mean, I remember the guy, I think the running back from South Carolina, I can't remember his name. But I forgot who even drafted him, but he had to sit out a year, and then he ended up not really even coming back. Um, yeah, the you know running back. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't think of South name. Carolina running back? Was it South Carolina? Was that, ah. is that what you were thinking years ago? Yeah. Lattimore? I think that's it. Yes, correct. I think it was Lattimore. San Francisco yeah. ended up getting him at some point I down the road, so. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've had some. I mean, look, even Jake Butt with the uh, ACL in the bowl game. Yep. He, he's had injury after he's, injury after injury. He's he's on the IR to start the season it, off for the Broncos. Some guys just have bad luck, you know? Yeah. Now, here's the thing about Miles Jack, and this has been under-talked about, I think, since the signing of Miles Jack, the extension. This is the part they weren't sure they'd be able to get to. The investment in Miles Jack was a no-brainer, in my opinion, in the second round. I remember Bill Polian, who a guy, a guy that put together rosters even, saying, listen, times have changed. You mm -hmm. used to worry about players getting to a second contract. You used to worry about, hey, get a seven or eight or ten-year perennial Pro Bowl guy with your first-round pick and, and maybe even a guy you can get to a second contract with a second-round pick. That would be ideal. Times have changed. You're worried about four or five years. You mm -hmm. know why? Because GMs don't make it past that sometimes. So, and coaches certainly don't sometimes. Yeah. So I remember him saying that. I vividly remember him on, on one of the ESPN shows saying, you know what? It, it's different now. So the investment for Miles Jack made sense in that regard. Listen, Jack's going to turn this thing around. Go get a good football player. Who cares about five years down the road? Go get a f good football player. And that's what they did. They took a little bit of a gamble on it. Their doctors okayed the knee, mm -hmm. and everything checked out, and they got a good football player. It was a, a risk worth taking, I think, even if they didn't sign him. If things had gone bad with the knee and they didn't sign, well, look up now. And this is a guy that hasn't missed a game, knock on wood. He's hardly missed a practice, as Doug Marone said. He, the knee appears to be fine. This is the time, the next year or two or maybe three, is when people had concern for the knee on Miles Jack. Yeah. And all looks good right now for Miles Jack. And uh, that's encouraging and that's awesome and it's awesome for miles because that was such a bad story coming out and you hinted at it i guess ian rapaport wrote a story and he he kind of that stuck and, out in yeah. miles head well, i mean the fact that miles jack remembered that yeah. story that was a weird thing that went down the, the other night oh it was sunday night yeah. at like 11 30 i'm like what is going on here yeah and miles really went after rapaport receipts man that's what players do these days uh, that listen and and i'm not sure how much Rapaport, that wasn't a Rappaport thing necessarily. I think that was 
I think he heard something he reported. Well, that's that what he teams. does. Teams yeah. were saying this is why he's going to slip. Teams are the ones that put are the one that put that out there. Not yeah. reporters don't. There's the disconnect sometimes uh, between players and and the media. But mm-hmm. uh, those were teams that were leaking that kind of information out and setting that. And by the way, 32 teams passed on him in the first round. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of non-believers in yeah. Miles Jack. And I don't think it's a direct correlation where teams passed on Miles Jack because of what Ian Rappaport said. Like, do, do, do you think no, teams? Have, I don't believe Do you that. think teams no. have Ian Rappaport on speed dial? Like, hey, what do you think about this guy? Oh, he's got a, a history of injuries. Yeah, let's go ahead and pass it because Ian told us to. I don't think that's how it works at all. But you know, with Miles Jack, congratulations. Anytime a player gets new money, I'm all for it. So, um, you know, he he didn't earn it. He I'm, I'm sorry, he earned it. He didn't deserve it. I think he earned that new uh, contract. So props to him for doing that. And I think it's kind of telling Brent of what they plan from going forward. I think they want to lock up the deal right now because they're going to ask him to do a lot more things this year in the defense, whether it's getting after the quarterback a little more and blitzing or dropping back and then maybe getting some interceptions. Like I understand. Playing middle linebacker, it's all about being the general. It's all about getting guys lined up properly, making the tackles coming downhill to stop the run, and just making sure everyone's on the same page. You're you're the general, I understand that. But who's not to say if you add a couple sacks to that resume, if you add a couple interceptions to that resume, add a couple tackles for loss to that resume, well, all of a sudden now that price goes up. And you saw with C.J. Mosley, uh, you know, going to last year, how much he got paid to go to the Jets. I mean, I think the Jaguars did a pretty calculated and smart move here, paying Miles Jack what they paid him right now, because after this season, who's to say that price didn't skyrocket? So This was a cool deal in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. uh, because... I'm telling you, Miles Jack did not anticipate this deal. Nobody happening. anticipated it. I no. think. it, it he, but he told us he did. He, he told us months ago, weeks ago, whatever it was. He's like, listen, I get it. He's like, I hope Jan gets paid. I hope I, I'm not getting paid right now. He is. He, he that's the way he felt. Yeah. He said, I'm gonna have to play this year. I'm gonna play well, and I'm gonna get paid. Now he kept his eye on Deion Jones' contract, right? He kept his eye on other contracts, being Jalen Smith's contract. I remember talking to him in the locker room after the Miami game. Got his thoughts on the Jalen Smith contract, and I think we even played that here on the show. And he was very happy for it. And he said he knows the dollars are adding up. He knows the zeros are are, are ringing through. Yeah, and it was a great response. I mean, just kind of the fun loving, but but the way it is response from Miles Jack. So I thought that was the neat part of it. You know, there's so much now. Obviously, Yannick Ngakwe wants to get paid. Jalen Ramsey would like to get paid. Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon, name your guy. Everybody wants to get paid. I just thought this was kind of unique in, in today's setting where everybody's saying, I want more money. I want to rip up my current contract and I want another contract that's more. And, and while that's fine and, and you're okay doing that, that's part of the business structure in the NFL. I just thought it was a little bit refreshing, too, of a guy that really didn't expect one mm-hmm. that ends up getting a big contract. Now, he would have expected one, I think, in five months. But at this point, he didn't really think something was going to happen. Um, so I was a little surprised by it. Uh, I was, but I think the lack of the Yannick Ngakwe deal helped yeah. them do it early. I think they would have done the deal anyway. Remember, we had Ryan O'Halloran on. We'll have him on again this week, and I can't wait to ask him. But O'Halloran was kind of like, I don't think... He's going to get paid. I think he's going elsewhere. Like they didn't think they were going. O'Halloran didn't think that they'd be able to keep Miles Jack Jack, and pay Yannick Ngakwe and Ramsey. Well, the Jags obviously feel like at least in the next year they can do that because they're going to come to an agreement with Jalen Ramsey. I think they at least now have the opportunity and they open the door for this to franchise Yannick Ngakwe because now they might not have to use it on Miles Jack. Mm -hmm. So they get to keep these core players together. Um, and how the dollars roll out from here, we'll see. 
but it also it gave the team a little bit more flexibility all of a sudden. And and what you tell and if you're thinking out there, what if they don't get a Ramsey deal done? They can use the franchise on him. Well, that's not the case. They already have a fifth year option on Jalen Ramsey. So what this deal did, getting it done early, I think they probably got a little bit of a discount on it, getting it done early. Uh, even though it's a lot of money and it's a friendly deal for the player and a friendly deal for the team, I think it's a fair deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, more in line with what Deion Jones got, but it did create some flexibility now for the Jacksonville Jaguars as they look forward into 2020. If you're Jan, though, what are you thinking right now? Be honest. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, that's a great point. That's why I, I do want to, you know, the player dynamic. First of all, mm-hmm. players are happy. That no. other guys get paid. Oh, that's dude, genuine. I'm I'm happy. I don't know Miles Jack. That's genuine. I mean, all I know he he, he makes candles. He's a great athlete, and he just got paid. And I'm, I couldn't be more happy for the guy. That is genuine. And and I'm not saying this. The uh, preface this, right? Here we go. I'm not saying receipts. <laughs> get him ready. Be <laughs> <laughs> so careful. You never know who's listening. <laughs> but I I'm not saying Yannick Ngakwe is this way because we haven't talked to Yannick Ngakwe since Miles Jack. Yeah, got the deal. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying this because I think I believe it, but you can say it because you might have seen it in locker rooms in the NFL. As much as guys are happy, I think jealousy can be Mm -hmm. a factor in an NFL locker room with guys getting paid. Again, I say it can be. I'm talking from a broad perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've lived it. Have yeah. you seen it? Does it happen sometimes? Yeah. Even though guys say, yeah, they're happy for him, there's also this, okay, when is it my turn? So here's the thing. And I'm just putting myself in Jan's shoes right now. I don't know, I don't know what Jan's thinking. I can assume that Jan is happy for Miles Jack because, number one, it's a teammate, and number two, the guy got paid. So it's like I said, I'm happy for Miles Jack. I think Jack. that's 100% yeah. true, by the exactly. way. Exactly. I think Yannick Ngakwe is happy yeah. for Miles Jack. So like, I think Jalen Ramsey's happy for Miles Jack. So, you know. If you're Jan and you're seeing this contract happen, like this has nothing to do really with Miles Jack, right? This has more to do, I think, just with the front office, Absolutely. where it's like, okay, well, they decided to pay Miles Jack, and that's great. That's my teammate. He got paid, but a part of me, if I if, if I was Jan, I'd be like, well, I mean, come on, you know, like let's where's where's my chunk of that, you know, change there because I've done everything the right way too as well, you know, and. And I don't know the, all the dynamics, Brent, of the contract talks. Or obviously, I think they, they, they cease to talk now. No, I mean, not, we, we've unless something's changed in the last day yeah. or so. So but we've heard nothing. So if I'm Jan, I mean, I don't know whether I'd put my frustration to the management, if I would point my frustration to my agent, because I, I don't know the, the di- dynamics of it, but I would be frustrated at somebody, uh, to say the least. And maybe I, it would be a mixture of my agent and the Jaguars front office. But it would be a frustrating uh, thing to say the least. And I'm not saying I would direct that towards Miles Jack because once again, it doesn't. Miles Jack's uh, happiness or his outcome doesn't affect me in the slightest. But the fact that he got paid and I'm still, you know, just going about my business, still being that third round pick that gave everything that I had for the team, um, put up some big numbers last year, the, the past couple years. And I'm still on my rookie deal. Yeah, that's that's definitely going to linger. How could it not linger? Well, and the other thing that would concern me if I'm Yannick Ngakwe is now that it's a foregone conclusion. If I have a big year, if we don't get a deal done, they are going to oh, franchise. franchise. Yeah. Now, listen, uh, as a guy that made $2 million this year, I know I'm going to make $18, 19000000 million next year. So that's yeah. not the worst thing in the world. That's a good chunk of change. But uh, that's the only thing. That's the other thing that I'd be like, okay, now the writing's on the wall. Mm-hmm. Now, does that even open up some conversation again? I don't think so, by the way. I don't. But could it potentially be trigger something and say, okay, let's get something done? Mm. Because now I do see the writing on the wall that uh, 
well, worst best case scenario, I'm getting a one year, $18 million. Let's turn this into a four year something yeah. or other. Um, time has passed. I've thought about it a little bit more. Other things have changed. I don't know. I, I, I don't, we have no idea what they're thinking in that yeah. regard, but, both sides of it. But I, I just do wonder if there is, um, again, this is not Jan's situation. I don't believe it. I think he's tried to take on this leadership role. I think he's happy for Miles Jack. I'm just saying across NFL locker rooms, mm-hmm. do you run into that sometimes where there is like, if not jealousy might not be the word, but a little bit of like, what the hell? What about yeah. me? And listen, and uh, I'm all about getting into like, this, you know, psychology of a football player here in the NFL. But you got to remember too. So if you are thinking like that, Brent, well, you still have to perform this season, right? Sure. Like if you're Yannick Ngakwe, you have to go out there and put up some big numbers so you can get that big paycheck. Because if you underperform, well, then your your value goes down. So you almost got to put it behind you and be like, you know what? I made my decision. I'm happy for Miles Jack. Um, it's whatever with the front office. If they want to pay him, so be it. I'm just, you know, I almost have my, I have my blinders on right now. I'm not focused about that. I'm just going out there trying to get 12 sacks, 13 sacks this season in a, in a, in a newer defense and see what happens and let the chips fall where they may. So it, it's an interesting kind of scenario here because a part of you is the one wants to point the finger and just be like, well, come on. But the other part's got to be like, listen, I got to focus on what I'm doing now because if I don't perform well, I'm not getting paid either. The, the, here's the other thing about that, too, is what's interesting is he already went through all those emotions, in my opinion. I, I'm just talking human nature. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I guess I shouldn't speak for him. But I, I feel like he probably already went through all those emotions. Sure. He holds out. He comes back, says, listen, all right, I'm at peace with this thing. I'm playing for $2 million. I'm going to have a huge year, and this is what we're doing. Yeah, I'm pissed off we didn't get a deal done, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do this. But then what this deal does is kind of rekindle those thoughts, right? It's like you you had your blinders on. You're ready for the season. Then with this deal, I don't know how you can't, from a human nature standpoint, just say, oh, they just gave him $57 million. Why didn't they give me what I was asking? Yeah. Right? Exactly. Uh, so it, it's, uh, it's fascinating. You're right. The mm-hmm. psychology of it is fascinating. And I still think... I still say this, man. If they would just start the conversations and get back to the table a little bit, which I just don't believe has happened, then I think they could get something done. I I believe that. I I have no idea. Maybe it's – there's and and there's – that's some thought of this. Did they take care of Miles Jack because they didn't have to deal with any of that stuff? They didn't have to deal with the holdout, the public's uh, talk about the contract? I mean, yeah. was, did they reward him early because of that, or was this going to happen anyway? I guess we really don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, there's some silliness involved in that, too. It, yeah. you go take, it, sometimes business gets a little contentious, and that's okay. Sometimes it happens. Yeah. And that's what I've said all along with this thing, man. We've been talking about it for months now. And what I've said is just don't get to the point where you're not at the table. You're not sure. having conversations. If you can keep the dialogue open, well, then you can get something done that's good for both. Because at the end of the day, it's good to have Yannick Ngakwe here for a long time. It's good to have a lot of money in your bank account if you're Yannick Ngakwe. That's good for both. Now let's just come to an agreement somehow on it. Well, I don't think this deal stops that. That mm-hmm. could still happen at some point if they're willing to open up the dialogue. And, and I, don't, I don't know what the dialogue is, Brendan. There probably well, is a dialogue. Much. It's, like, there yeah, it's not much. Okay, but with, with Miles Jack's point here too i mean he's now the third highest paid inside linebacker in the entire nfl that's a good deal for miles jack Absolutely. you know uh th- that's a fantastic deal for miles jack so it's like you said 
if you're Yannick Ngakwe, get the conversations rolling again. I mean, listen, I, I don't know what, what they're going to offer him in, in terms of price. I'm not sure what the, the rumors that leaked out where they offered him so much, so-and-so, whatever, if that was really the true price or not. I don't know about that. But all I'm saying is you just gave Miles Jack a lot of money to play the middle linebacker spot. I have a hard time believing uh, if you least talk and get those conversations going, they wouldn't reward Yannick Ngakwe with a pretty high contract as well. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Hey, Kuz, before we go to break, let's play Doug Marone talking about the running. They even tried. You know, remember, Miles Jack played some running back at UCLA. Yeah. Well, last year they got so desperate that Miles Jack almost played some running back in the NFL. There was also a time last year where we were getting them ready to play running back. You know, say in a certain situations because of, you know, our, our injury situation last year. So you're talking about someone who's obviously an exceptional athlete. You know, obviously he did drop, and I'm sure any player that drops is disappointed. And then to, you know, you're talking about a player that's really, I don't know if he's ever missed a practice, ever missed any games. Like I always say, you, you know, you get rewarded by your performance and playing well. And he's, he's played very, very well for us. And, you know, now we're looking forward to him, um, you know, taking his game to another level. Fascinating part about the running back stuff. Now, listen, if I'm Yannick Ngakwe, I take that quote from Doug Marone. I'm playing wide and, receiver. And I put, no, I put that in my locker room. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I put that yeah. in my locker because he did. Did you hear what Doug Marone said? I mean, Doug no, Marone I, said, I hey, you get rewarded if you play, if your performance is good. Hello. No, exactly. Hey, no, over I, here. Yeah. I'm in this. I'm number 91. You're absolutely right, brother. <laughs> right? And, and, and there's no off-field distractions. There's nothing that got him in trouble. Yeah, it's one last thought on Miles Jack. By the way, I thought last year he was going to break out and become a star across the league. That did not happen. Mm-hmm. I think there are some people said he didn't play so great. I don't believe that. I think he played well. Maybe this is the year. Because I do think he's a star. I mean, I, I think that paycheck will match his performance in terms of where he's based in the NFL. You heard Puzz talk about him, man. Mm-hmm. He said Wagner-like. Yeah. I mean, this guy's. I think. I just wonder if this is the year that he gets attention all across the league. He's got plenty of attention around here. I'm saying across the league. And you also heard it in another, another one of Marone's uh, press conferences where he's talking about how Jack could play all three positions as well. And that's always good to have in your back pocket in case injuries do add up and things like that. You're just still begging for him to play that weak side at some time, aren't you? Ah, <laughs> let's see what with his defense this year, and then I'll go from there. Let's go balling and balling in your final four pick and uh, some questions that we've got in as well next on ESPN 690. So obviously it's a, a tough situation. You know, we're in a obviously a state of emergency, and... We have an evacuation going on in certain areas at 8 a.m., which obviously affects, you know, coaches, players, team, more importantly, the people in the community, and obviously all up and down the, the, the coast, you know, whether it's the state of Florida or even up, up to, you know, Georgia and working up to the Carolinas. So, you know, first and foremost, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone to make sure everyone's, you know, safe and you know, everyone has a plan, and, you know, that's been probably the... the biggest thing that, that you know that we've been dealing with you know right now well that's doug marone that was monday morning by the way talking to us in the media uh and about their plan mm-hmm. and again just a reminder a lot went into that for the jacksville jaguars today's a normal off day but what they did is practice yesterday tried to figure out all these different scenarios and situations and decided on hey let's send everybody home there's evacuations going on some of the coaches and the players live in those evacuation areas let them get their family affairs everything else in order safety first type of deal uh which is the right move to go uh and tuesday's a normal off day so they have all tuesday anyway and then wednesday because that's when the storm is probably going to hit um and at that time we really had no idea what the impact would be it's it's 
it's a better forecast now in terms of less of an impact for our area uh, as of now. But they said, hey, let's we'll cancel practice Wednesday. We'll be back in the building at noon on Thursday. So that's still the plan. That's what's happening for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They lose a day of practice, although Doug Marone told me when I asked him about losing a day, he said that we'll be fine with that. Um, I They're going to have to catch up somewhere. He also told us, uh, I asked him about the technology today and just how much that helps. And he said when they they had a time in, um, you know, I don't know what he was specifically referring to in Buffalo, but he was mentioning when he was in Buffalo and they had to prep and they would use Skype at the time with some of the players. (laughs) Now, now the iPads and everything else. Now, you can almost have the team meetings from afar as long as the power doesn't go out. Well, as far as going, and you have like usually it's like off a of Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. So. so, so my point is tomorrow again. Today they weren't doing anything anyway. Yeah. Tomorrow, if they want to have a team meeting and get everybody on their iPad and and everybody via teleconference yeah. or whatever they want to do, they can do that. And it's yeah. a fascinating part, even for the high school kids. They operate that way a lot. Now, mm-hmm. not as advanced, I think, as the NFL guys, but the Jags can do a lot of things other than be on the field. Now, the other party brought up, and I thought this was interesting, because you know. I went to the store on Sunday when we flew back in from Ohio, and I didn't go get, like, fruit and uh, water and, you know, name something that's good for me, salad. Yeah. Okay? Instead, I got, like, <laughs> chips and salsa, and I did get some water uh, and yeah. beer. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what you do. It's hurricane season, man. Well, from the player's perspective, though, they got to be really careful of that. It's easy to do that during the hurricane time. It's easy yeah. to just feed your face, and you're sitting at home more than you're normally doing. Well, I think they've gotten together with a nutritionist and, and said, hey, this is what you can eat, should eat, sure. want to eat. I do think that. Listen, I'm, I'm kind of a creature of habit, habit too. Mm-hmm. When I go on the road, I don't use the gym. I, I, even though they have them in the hotels, I, I more often than not don't. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. All right. When I go on the road, you know what I drink a lot less of when I go on the road for whatever reason? It's water. Because when I'm here, I carry this thing around, this yep. little jug. Oh, yeah. What's and, up, man? And I'm I fill with it you, up. Dude. Cheers. And so I'll have like three or four of them. So that's me. Now, these guys are way more disciplined than I am. But I'm just saying it's not as easy as people. I mean, remind, what are you eating right now? Yeah. <laughs> They're in the hurricane watch, okay? Yeah, yeah. What are you eating? And. I think that part of it's a little more tricky maybe than even the prepping, getting ready for the whole iPad deal, watching film Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. I do think that part, getting your work in, getting your cardio in and eating the right stuff might be the most challenging part of this week for some of the players. So I think that is a challenging part for sure, Brent. Um, You know, and it's easy for me to say that now because I'm 31 years old and and I make it a habit. Even when I go travel, I'm I'm working out. Um, You're eating macadamia nuts. I'm I'm, I'm eating pretty healthy. But once again, I'm still doing MMA, so there's a reason why I still do that, right? Um, If if you would ask me back in 2010 if a hurricane was coming in, you know what the plan was? I would be going to Panda (laughs) Express and just loading up on General Sal's chicken for like the next week straight. So I'm not sure how players react to it there. I mean, having the nutritionist helps, obviously, so they kind of can kind of point them in the right direction. But the thing that I think that the players will get affected by the most, um, even more than the food or just, you know, working out, is like you said, Brent, we're creatures of habit. And I think the fact that they have this off day now, I, and granted, like, th- this helps because this is week one, right? Like, s- some guys in the locker room aren't used to doing things the Jaguars way. That's true. Right? So, 
They and haven't really got into that habit one. yet. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Correct. It helps out it's week one. But still, from just, you know, speaking from a player's perspective, I think just having that Wednesday off when it's supposed to be the most physical day, um, and I'm not sure if players are kind of conditioned to think that way or not, like I am right now, but I think just coming back in and kind of like, you know, you're on vacation now on Wednesday, you come back on Thursday, and your mind has to be on the Kansas City Chiefs. Not to say it's not going to be, but I'm just saying it's hard to go from – Having kind of that off day, we were at home with the family the whole day, the entire day. You don't see anybody, and now on Thursday you got to come in, go to work, uh, get ready for the Chiefs because you're playing them in a couple of days after that. So that's probably what I think would be the hardest part. Yeah, I think there are some challenges to it, no yeah. doubt. And, and I don't think it's going to be a reason they lose a football game or win a football game or anything like that. Yeah. I do think there are some challenges to it, and and uh, that's just part of it, man. Adversity yeah. early in the season. Jackson had Absolutely. a lot of things go well in the last week or so sure. around the division. Yeah, this is one that hampers them a little bit too a little bit of a bad luck well and i'll be honest thankfully this game's gonna be at home right so you don't have to worry about you're missing that practice and you have to travel on top of that as well yeah. so thankfully at least they're playing at home for the and, first game and i think if this was long term if thursday friday were in jeopardy yeah the forecasts all were for kind of to get out of here on wednesday regardless i think if it were to leak into thursday friday they would have thought about going elsewhere to practice oh for sure but you they have just to. but to pick up and go and then just for a day that whole operation yeah that almost is, is well, that doesn't help. That's that, probably more it, cumbersome. you got to keep in mind, like, yeah, sitting in meetings prepping for the Chiefs, that's great and everything, but you got a lot of players that have their families here. Yeah. So obviously they're worried about their families too. I'm sure trying to stay in touch with them because um, I'm sure, you know, they're, they're kind of worried as well. Maybe some of them haven't gone through a hurricane before. So even then, if you have guys come in Wednesday, you know, or you're in a new spot on Wednesday with just the players, I mean, are they really technically, quote-unquote, even going to be there yeah. for, from a mindset standpoint? Yeah, that's a good so, point. Uh, hey, yeah. uh, i got to get to balling and falling a little bit. Let's, Let's start it. with balling. I'm going to go Jacoby Brissett. Has a guy's world changed so much in the positive ever? Now, listen, Andrew Luck, that's, that's a bummer. He's out at 29 years old. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett, man, this guy's a career backup. Yeah. Right? I mean, and he's probably labeled that way, like... Some people think Jacoby Brissett could be the start. Obviously, Indianapolis now does. But they're almost forced into using him as a starter and seed if it will work. And then on top of that, they give him $30 million over yeah. the weekend. I was like, wow. It's like this guy's world. Few people's world get that better in a week. Yeah. You get named the starting quarterback, and you might be like a backup forever. And you get $30 million, $20 million guaranteed. By the way, he worked out his own deal, which is kind of cool. Very cool. And fun fact about Jacoby Brissett, actually the last guy that I tackled in the NFL. I'm sorry, the last guy that I sacked in the really? NFL. Jacoby Brissett. Good yeah. answer to the trivia question. Hey, yeah. remember that, people. Yeah. I might ask that again down the road there for a go. prize, like maybe yep. a hat or something. Yes, sir. Uh, I'll get my ball in real quick here. Uh, ball in snowboarder Max Pro was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma early December in 2018. He had 12 chemo sessions in just six months. Returns to X Games Noi this past weekend, and guess what? Wins the gold medal wow. in snowboarding big air. So good shout stuff. out to Max Pro, man. All right, good stuff. Uh, I, I got fallen, and I got to wait for it because... I couldn't believe what I saw. I wonder if we have the same fallen. Well, if I have like five fallens, okay. really, but this one has to take the cake. Okay. It's next, along with the happy hour horn and some more uh, football talk next on ESPN 690. Hey, we're back up and running. Had a little computer crash on the video feed, but who's doing a nice job? Yeah. On the video feed. There's only a couple adjustments we have to make. Yeah, this was one of them. See, here's the deal. Uh... I think, what is it? Was Mark K was using? Yeah, like the Mark K show. 
Because he sh- uses it during the day. We share the streaming computer because he uses it before us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but we didn't realize because they're staying on longer because of yeah. hurricane coverage on 104.5 FM. Uh, so that kind of stole our computer away. Yeah. So then you came up a nice audible by you. It was like I didn't a last. Even think about you that. don't understand. This was like a last five minute audible too. Like no, it was a good call. I did zero uh, planning ahead and like making sure our show would be good. And five minutes before is when we found out it wouldn't. Now, so. should you have maybe stomped down Kay's door and just been like, listen, people need to hear their sports? Well, he said it. He's like, if you want it, we've been streaming for like two days straight. And I was like, no, 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 no. You keep doing your thing. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll make the adjustment. That's uh, right. I mean, I'm sure he's probably got the bigger numbers anyways. But you just tell him. I mean, if we really need to tell him, tell him. Austin fights for a living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Austin will come in. People? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it takes it. I, I mean, got you. I mean, we got yeah, we got a show. To I can build. run. We got a stream, football man. season. We got a, I can we run. got a game here on hey, Sunday. Speaking of colors not running, what's up with the get up today, man? I know, like we're, we're pretty patriotic here. It's late, it was Labor Day weekend. For basketball? Oh, yeah. For, oh. It's like you dress like you're going to a Team USA match right now. He's I, got I was, the USA I was shirt. Trying to USA give hat. Team USA a little bit of uh, a little karma. Yeah. Because they stink in basketball, apparently. They almost they lost. That was bad. But yeah. why are we surprised at that? We know, know. that. Like, we're playing with, like, no, our, but they still, like the Boston Celtics It's like the backup players, the Boston Celtics overseas right now playing basketball. Cool. Our, and this is no slight at the rest of the world, but our backups to the backups shouldn't be struggling. I beg to differ, man. We have players like the Greek Fleet, you know, playing over there. I know. There are some teams, but the problem yeah. is, I mean... The U, I mean, I don't know. It's just it's, they shouldn't be losing. It, uh, well, here's the deal. The Everybody else, first of all, wants to beat the United States yes. in that. And yep. secondly, our players that are there probably don't want to be there. I think they – it's weird because it's they're not like the stars of the stars. You know, like Kemba Walker it. is probably the biggest one. Donovan Mitchell is another one. So it's like I think they're excited to be there. But at the same time, it's like – but it makes you wonder because mm-hmm. so many other guys said no. So they're like, well, I want to yeah. play. But, I mean, should I have said no? I mean, are they all in on this thing? Yeah. Uh, How I do you mean, feel I about that mentality, by the way? A lot of players saying, like, you don't want to be there. You don't want to be the face of the team that doesn't win. Uh, yeah, I get that. I mean, I get that. But that is such a – I mean, that's a loser mentality. Who said – somebody said that. It was, who was it? Dame. It was I, bl- <laughs> I also reiterated it. I, mean, no, I don't know if came out and said oh, it. Oh, it Someone was C.J. McCollum. McCollum. C.J. McCollum oh, said it in yeah, an interview. Yeah. Uh, that's Come on, dude. I mean, first yeah. of all, you don't think about that. You shouldn't be thinking about that. But and, then it was that and then the off-season of rest. I and get then, the whole off-season yeah. stuff. I don't know. When I was a kid, man, I like I swam and stuff, and I loved the Olympics. And I was like, man, I want to really. I wanted to be in the Olympics just so I could get like the sweatsuit they had. Well, you're dressed like it right now. You're ready to roll. <laughs> That's why I got the USA <laughs> yeah. on today. He's living all those childhood memories. But no, seriously, like no, I I, the Olympics were huge, man. Yeah, I want to be in the. I, that was awesome to wear a Team USA or something like that. Yeah. Now I just got to buy it. But I didn't know it was that easy. Um, but so, like, I like those events still. Now I, I watch the Olympics far less than I ever did. Sure, but uh, like, I love the Ryder Cup. In golf, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I still want obviously U.S. Open golf or U.S. Open tennis. I'm into it. The tennis more than probably the other tennis ones. Sure. So just all that stuff. I, I like I figure people really like playing for their country and want to do that and almost kind of check off a bucket list to a degree, yeah. even if you're making millions of dollars playing in the NBA or, or and whatever. some of the higher star powered names they've already done it and they've already done it i mean i get like i understand it to a degree why they go back and forth on it it's just hard to 
it's hard to connect with because it's if you had the opportunity thing. to yeah. do it, you'd probably like to do it. Yeah, whether but this it's also like, isn't the Olympics, man. I mean, this but, is I don't know, Brent. To be fair, like you know, like growing up playing hockey, like you want to play on the junior team. You know, yeah. like I, I think you, you can name the sport anytime you can actually rep your country and go against like the other you know uber athletes of every other country, whether it's basketball, hockey, name your sport. I think you take pride in that. Now, it's like Koo said. I mean, some players have done it a lot, and maybe they just get burnt out. And I think, you know, with the whole injury thing where players want to be rested on their, you know, quote-unquote time off. So I can see that side as well. But, listen, I think if you go back to, like, the early 90s, you have, like, the Michael Jordans and the Charles Barkley's. Like, I think those guys wanted to represent their country. You know, like, I I don't think it was ever uh, in the back of their mind to say, you know what? Yeah, I want to rep the USA, but I'm just, I, you know, I, I want to be on vacation. I want to rest for the season. Like, yeah. I, I, that was never the case. But does so it? I'm not sure if like patriotism's gone down a little bit. But could it be what? because those guys were so dominant and how s- strong they were in these situations? Now players are looking at it like the competition has risen everywhere else, so they won't look as dominant, yeah. dominant, and the media may react. I guess you're right in that, and you're cognizant of that stuff. But again, that's a loser that's mentality. A loser. Yes, I mean, yes. that's like saying, "Hey, a lot of bowls football teams won the state championship, so I don't want to play football at bowls anymore because I might not win a state right, championship." Right. That's not how it works. Like mm-hmm. Alabama doesn't say, "I don't want to play at Alabama." Those guys are so good, I might not be that good. Yep. They go to Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. It. That's. That's what I was saying when McCollum said that. If that's yeah. really the thought of today's athlete in the NBA. Yeah. Well, then you suck. I mean, because I that's... Don't. I mean, that's <laughs> easy. No, you do. I mean, that's a terrible, no, that's a terrible mentality. I'm going to take him in that tweet and see what no, he says no. about it. No, I'm kidding. Wasn't he the guy that I don't responded? Care. I'm, I'm, you want receipts on that? Dude, Get the yeah. damn receipt oh, and play was, for the U.S. He, he was the one he that... He was the uh, guy that called out that lady, right? Karen. Karen, yeah, Karen tweeted, he said Karen. something, uh, or they didn't make the playoffs one year, and he tweeted out something, and she responded to him and said, make the playoffs and you'll be allowed to talk. And his tweet back to her was just like, thanks, Karen. And then the next year when they made the playoffs, they brought Karen. To- well, yeah, then, like, it was like a big marketing thing. Like, yeah, it was like, it was thanks, Karen, thing. shirt and stuff. Hey, maybe get like, relax, thanks, Brent. Relax, Roxanne. <laughs> relax, <Yeah>. Roxanne. Exactly. <laughs> all right, well, we gotta, well before we do yeah. all and fall in, how much Vita Dillaway do you think is being consumed the next couple of days? Woo! Oh, man, but, like between the whole county or just coups in general? <laughs> people were worried when they put in that alcohol ban, yes. Jack's Beach area. People were asking me, like, hey, you got enough, like, you good? What's well, a good way to make people leave Jack's Beach? <laughs> just saying. It certainly works. Yeah. Uh, happy hour horn time right now on a Tuesday. The Minnesota Twins and the Boston Red Sox go head-to-head. That's not it. Hold on. <laughs> Speaking of drinking, I already started drinking. I apologize. Exhibit A, right there. Who came up with that one? Have a drink, get a shot, and tip your star tenders. Unless you're coos, then maybe just grab a water and uh, drink some of that for a while. Yeah, that might not be a bad idea. Vita DeLuis, by the way, will be at our Action Sports Shacks Dream 18. That's a couple of weeks away. We appreciate uh, them being out there. And we might even give away a bottle of Vita DeLuis to the winners nice. of our Action Sports Shacks uh, Dream 18. Coming up in just a uh, 
couple of weeks, uh, Monday, September 16th at the Golf Club at Southampton. Vita DeLuis recently got a 94 rating. They have a lot of fun stuff going on right now. Locally owned tequila in Jacksonville, made in tequila, Mexico, shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita DeLuis tequila, one of the smoothest tequilas you'll ever taste for locations, recipes, and merchandise. Visit VitaDeLuis.com. All right, we got to get to Fallen eventually. Yeah. We could have days of Fallen. Uh, uh, material. There's yep. Tennessee, right, to Georgia yep. uh, State. There's Florida State uh, mm-hmm. the, to Boise State. There's a lot. Yep. But how do you not go to Hugh Freeze? Okay. No, this, this isn't is, yours. This isn't mine. No, no. What is Hugh Freeze doing? Did you see this? <laughs> yeah. What are we well, doing? So, okay. Uh, here's where I sit on this. Because it was going to be my falling, but I didn't want to, like... I don't want to poke fun at him, you know, because, like, he's in the hospital, cooped up. But, like, those pictures, man, like, I guess I don't know where I side on the whole morality thing of it. But please continue, Brett. You obviously don't care. Well, here's why I don't care, because I've long said, and this falls right in the line of it. Yeah. Is that some a lot of times in college baseball, uh, college basketball and college football, it's all about who? Sure. The coaches. Well, is there any better example that it's all about Hugh Freeze and that he needs attention and seeks attention than laying in a bed up in the fourth uh, floor of a of a press box yeah. to to be at a football game? I mean, it is so stupid. It do- it was comical to a degree, but then I quickly said, "What are we doing? Like, what can this guy really be?" That self-conscious of this stuff, um, and listen, I get you want to be with your team. I that those things sometimes you just can't, man. Yeah. I mean, you went through a, an ordeal. You got put in the hospital, obviously, and I mean, I hope he has good health. This has nothing to do with his health, but this is stupid. It's dumb. It's ridiculous. It it says all what I have always said about coaches and college football and college basketball at the big-time level. It's all about them. This was an attention grabber. Like, was this a recruiting ploy of some sorts? Say, look what I'll do for my team. No, it looked dumb. <sighs> the only thing that was worse is Dino Babers of Syracuse had to actually acknowledge him up there. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's, I mean, what are we doing? Yeah. Here's my whole thing. How bad is the staff infection that he has? Where oh, like, yeah? he's got to lay in. I mean, like, so, like again, from a medical standpoint, this has nothing well, to do with a, that. No. That part of it. Hope he gets well. But, yeah, it was just. <laughs> I'm looking at the picture and by right the way, now. He got Brent. interviewed from his bed yeah. by ESPN. Wait, that's uh, that's not one of the biggest recruiting tools of all time. I don't know what is, Brent. Like, <laughs> that's got to make up a new rule where you can't do that. Hugh Freeze to me now, like this thing was to seek so much attention that I'm not sure that the producer of that broadcast said, hey, can we go interview Hugh Freeze? I think it might have been Hugh Freeze that called into the production room and said, hey, can you come interview me? Uh, so what did you want me to do, Brent? Just like take that game off then? Or uh, just, yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, I yeah. yeah. I mean, let somebody do it. Trust yeah. Trust that they can do it. Uh, uh, right now, yeah. So he's, he has potentially life-threatening strand of staph infection. Um, that has entered his bloodstream, and then also uh, the pain is in his back as well, caused by a herniated disc. Jeez, so he, yeah, you know so what, I mean, dude, He's just, got a lot going on, dude. Just he go doesn't need to be this, at a football game. I was just going to say, just go and take this playoff and uh, get with him next week for it, that it, football it, it team. Was, it was dumb. It was yeah. asinine. It was, it was just stupid. It, was a, it wasn't even a good look. Like it, 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 if, if it comes across and it's a good look, it was a bad look. It was brutal. 
Yeah, I mean, me and Brent, I'm with you. I'm like, I, listen, I'm I know you know how to handle it. I'm telling you how I handle it. it yeah. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> I, I'm all for having your teammates back, but yeah, man, if you're putting your your health on the line like that, um, let's go and set this play out, Hugh. <laughs> all right, so I, well, you thought we were going to have the same one. I thought one, we were so the same you, one. What did you have? Fallen. Does the name Elizabeth Scott mean anything to you? Elizabeth it, Scott. It will in a second. You just don't know what she's associated with. With Elizabeth, uh, Miss Elizabeth okay. uh, is who I think of when you say Elizabeth. Okay. So Elizabeth Scott is a cheerleader from the Louisville oh, Cardinals. Oh, I saw that one. She yeah. got Marsha Brady. And she, was a, she got Marsha Brady. She was a casualty <laughs> to a straight pass that was thrown to the sidelines by Notre Dame uh, quarterback Ian Brock, intentional or not. I'll let you decide. Uh, Elizabeth took this pigskin directly to the face, resulting in a broken nose, as reported by her Twitter today. And all I'm going to say is you knew this was a bad injury because if you watch this video, she, she takes the Marsha Brady to the face and then just throws her palms oh, on yeah. the ground and walks away. I thought like the palms were like you couldn't let them touch the ground. I, I thought it was like the American flag and cheerleading. Yeah, I don't where, know. Like, you, like, they're really she got rid of religious around. Oh, yeah, threw the palms. So I'm over it. But that was exactly Marsha Brady. Mm. like Because she looked up right as the ball was coming. Like, she looked yeah. over. Because yeah. somebody must have said heads up. And so she looked over. That's the first thing I thought of was Marsha Brady. By the way. All those people on the sidelines, can we get someone to, like, I don't know, deflect one or something? I don't know. Like, take take the bullet if you have to. It's so funny now is you know, like, right away your first thought. This is the world we live in. Yeah. But the first thought is, oh, that's going on Twitter and going oh, to be yeah. a meme. I yeah. mean, I probably typed something out 10 well, seconds be, later. Yeah. And you could tell, but ESPN is even aware of it because ESPN didn't show a replay. I don't think. Unless oh. I missed it. But I don't remember I'm, seeing a replay. I don't think they showed a replay. No. No. And I was like, you got to show a replay of that. And they were probably well aware that they didn't want to make yeah. her look her, bad. I mean, well, hey, guess what? People have DVR can record it and put it on Twitter. Well, what do they do? They the do, like, drive of the games. We do keys to the game. They need to have meme of the game. <laughs> but, but, but to be fair, though, uh, she, she, I guess she took it all in stride. She's been on Twitter kind of laughing about uh, she, it. So she's in good spirits. But, dang, girl, you can't throw those pom-poms on the ground like that. The best tweet I saw Not about good. it was the way this works now. It was Ian Book, right? That threw it. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. other name quarterback. Yeah. And uh, so the way this works now, somebody said, in today's world with Twitter, uh, that girl that just got hit by an Ian Book pass, they'll be dating next in the next couple of weeks and married in two years. <laughs> Slide in the DMs a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Is it Ian Book or Ian Brock? My bad. I said Book. Brock. Sorry Book. about that. Yeah. I said Brock. All he right. has to apologize, right? Like, he's got to reach out to her, right? Yeah. She should have been standing there. Casualty of the sideline. Yeah. Hey, welcome to football. That's right. <laughs> Stop throwing uh, those palms on the ground, though. That's, that's like a sacred thing, I feel like. We'll welcome you back. How about more of this Jags week? Uh, what's it, going on from a football yeah. perspective? Uh, this game. What will the offense do? Hey, you think Andy Reid's good at openers? Nick Foles ain't so bad himself. Also, and any cheerleaders listening, uh, feel free to comment. Can you drop your palms on the ground, or is it kind of like a sacrilegious thing? Of course, Please I've never heard in. palms. It's pom-poms, isn't it? Palms. Like, go together. Palms? Pom-poms. Uh, that's kind of the northern accent coming out a little bit, too. Pom-poms. 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 There you go. We'll be back. How many of those do you have? Usually, we play the wrong one. Wasn't the one that was finally somebody with some talent as well, and now it's someone that knows something about sports? You got to mix it up, man. I just wish I had one. And then now that your microphone's you're, on. You're always on the talk. show. Yeah, I'm good now. You're, you're uh... <laughs> Working on the fly here. You're always on the show, though. So, oh, I got you. You know, like, I think that's kind of your thing. That's kind of the thing. That's kind of the thing. Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Stuart Weber is in. 
And Coos is here, of course. Sooner or later, hey, we got this thing rocking. Coos, next assignment. Third camera. Third camera. For the guest. I the, know you're working on it. The guest hot seat. We're going to keep growing this thing. I like what we did today. I'm impressed with what we did today. Coos working on the fly there. Yeah. Uh, it's called an audible. Storm coverage. He's he's all over things. Brent, cool? what do you say it's like in a year with this whole thing? Do you see us like on Twitch playing video games and talking sports at the same time or what? I don't want to give the competition any info. Okay. I'm like an like NFL that. coach right now. I like that. Okay. okay. Hey, Belichick. Okay. Paranoia. Gotcha. Next yeah. question. There, there ain't no taggers over the here. There ain't no taggers over here, man. Bill Belichick. I like it. I'm on to the Chiefs. Isn't that what he said? <laughs> <to> the Chiefs? <laughs> that football in the studio looked a little deflated. I wasn't sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going places nobody's ever been before. <laughs> Not always that. places you want right, to go. Die, man. Places. <laughs> You're good, man. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. We'll find out. But we're attempting it. Uh, hey, uh, speaking of, we've obviously been uh, all over the storm coverage for the last week and a half with Action News Jackson uh, here on the radio side as well. CBS 47, Fox 30, uh, more Hurricane uh, Dorian coverage as it gets closer and closer to the coast, uh, right off our coast. Again, you check out those satellite images uh, where this thing will be tomorrow afternoon, and it is right next door. Uh, right off in that Atlantic Ocean, which means the ocean's a little angry right now. So uh, we have uh, coverage going on on CBS 47 and Fox 30. And then right down the road from us uh, on the radio side, 104.5 FM uh, for more of your Hurricane Dorian coverage. We love for you to hang here, but uh, if you're interested in getting an update, you certainly can go to those two different spots, one on radio, one on television uh, as well. Not only just right now, but also throughout uh, the night and tomorrow, too, as this thing gets uh, a lot closer to home. Let's continue to talk a little sports because we have been impacted uh, by Dorian, not only the Jags, but because school's out. Uh, the Friday night blitz is in severe jeopardy for Friday. There's probably no games going on. There Not might like be. it's so good. Yeah. Have you ever go, gone through the schedule? I mean, there might like Columbia. I think is in school. So are they playing a game this week? Saturday. They got moved to Saturday. They got as moved well. Saturday. Okay. Yeah. So here's what's interesting about this. Uh, like Duval said, basically on Monday, they were like, we're not playing Friday. And they're switching some games to Monday. you got to find an appropriate date if you want to make up the game. Maybe some are moving to October 4th. They have, like, bye weeks. The, there was a lot of teams that weren't playing on October 4th, so that's an ideal date. And, and a lot of people have found a home there. Yeah. Uh, our game of the week scheduled to be Creekside at Bartram Trail. What they were doing is waiting on Thursday's announcement. And if they had school on Thursday, they were going to try to play on Friday, even with just the one day of practice. Problem is, if you're out of school, you can't can't practice you're not allowed to and so that's what a lot of these schools are in in that situation they had to wait well today school got canceled all across the board once again pretty much on thursday so now there's not going to be any games in st john's county not going to be any games in clay uh, i shouldn't say any uh, unlikely there will be games well, it's, a, it's a domino effect absolutely this you know you you go into storm mode and then the schools are used for shelters. Yes. And if they're used as a shelter, you can't use it for school. Absolutely. So, you know, you kind of have to go down that path. And so uh, there's a lot going on there. It also brought up this, though, in my opinion. This is such a unique situation in, in Jacksonville from where I've been in the past and where I grew up. And I don't know about you, Austin, uh, and maybe it's similar down South Florida, but just how big these school districts, counties are. So say for an example – if you close school or there's impact at Fletcher, because this is going to be a coastal storm and they're right on the coast, they're right at the beach. Well, Mandarin might not have any problems or First Coast High School might not have any problems. But Bald- Baldwin in- and Fletcher are in the same. There you go. Baldwin's a great district. example, right? Yeah. Baldwin might not have any problems, but they're in the same school district. 
So if you cancel school in Fletcher, you're probably canceling school all across the district and county. And here we are. So it really creates like where you could pick and choose more so from your own schools. Like where I grew up, we had one high school. And I was, was going to say, Austin probably has the one high school in the school district. Well, that's the problem. I mean, you're a small town. I, yeah. I'm more small state. Mm-hmm. But Palm, Beach I, I mean, county, Palm Beach County School District runs from Jupiter all the way down to Boca Raton. So it works that way here, too. Yeah. See, I, I think it's one huh. of the I, – I, I shouldn't speak about it too much because there's probably positives – but I do think it's one of the big dilemmas, not just sports related. I just think it's a problem that these these counties are so big. I don't think it's advantageous. Now, there's somewhere along the way where it's advantageous because we're, we it, get the claim we're the biggest county or biggest city in the uh, yeah in the U.S. But the, I, I don't. I just don't get it. Like where I grew up, you you might have had a there might have been two schools in the district, so they would maybe get canceled. Yeah. But but I. We yeah. might not be canceled because we had our own jurisdiction over that. Yeah. So you go, you know, when it was a snow day, there was always this place, Foster Gloucester, right? No school Foster Gloucester Foster was like Gloucester. the famous okay. was the famous thing. Do a little like sledding? The, the weather guy would say, because they were up in the hills a little bit. Okay. So like East Providence, where I grew up, we'd always have school. But Foster Gloucester, which was like a half hour down the road, sure. they would never have school. They would always get snow. Mm-hmm. It's, but they could create their own decisions here everybody's all under one umbrella. And so the decision oh, okay. is made for everybody, pretty much. And that's going to impact and change a lot of things. Cause, and the problem is we're going to sit here on Friday night. Uh, it's going to be gorgeous but, out. The, the, I was yeah. going to say, it's going to be just, gorgeous and you can play football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you could have probably even practiced today, probably could practice Thursday in a lot of the places, yeah. but everybody's out. So listen, I say this not from a complaining way. I just say it as something to know. It's interesting to me around here. Because the bottom line is being safe, and the uh, uh, the evacuation areas and the shelters are most important. That should win the day. And I think they're making the right decision the way it's fr- the framework is. But uh, it's just kind of too bad. It's like, man, now everybody's got to run through all these hoops that really won't be impacted by it very much. And that's the thing. On Sunday night, I noticed that, too, because I went up to the race in Darlington, uh, NASCAR race, Southern 500. And it was a four-hour rain delay, so they didn't get that thing started till 10 p.m. One of the big reasons why... Uh, they waited so long to do it is because on Monday evacuations from the coastal areas of South Carolina were starting. And so everybody would be coming on those highways and, you know, heading inland. And so they didn't want to have it going on at the same time as all those evacuations. So sometimes you got to consider everything else around, uh, in addition to your individual event. And and I will always defend, uh, which was awesome, by the way. Uh, it wasn't good. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, it's good. So good. And that, that place was packed. Oh, everyone stayed. Yeah. It was so cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I will always defend. I'll defend the people in charge of making the decisions because you have to side on the. Mm-hmm. You have to err on the side of caution. You have to, and uh, that's just the way it is. Now people will, tomorrow and Thursday, and people will be like, "Wow, we missed school," and "Oh my gosh," and well, hindsight's twenty twenty. But the bottom line is, you had to, you have to uh, make those decisions ahead of time, and and overall, they uh, they, they probably did the right thing uh, up until this point. Uh, Jags offense on Sunday against Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Do you throw your hands up in the air and say, I don't know, Brent. I'm not really sure what the heck it's going to look like. <laughs> Listen, if you're going against an opponent right now, as far as the defense is looking, the Chiefs aren't a bad opponent to go off of. All right. Now, they have some guys up front. They have Jones, who's coming off of an all-pro kind of year. 
But you're talking about a team that's switching from a 3-4 that had Bob Sutton there forever, which is a defense I played in. Spoiler alert, not really fun to play a three technique when you're not over 280 pounds, but I, I gave my college effort. But when you're uh, – <laughs> I got receipts, Bob, talking to you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, man. I'm, I'm messing. You like Bob. Ah, Bob Sutton's a good guy. Yeah, I'm just kidding. But uh, we're talking about the Chiefs now. We're talking about a, a traditional 4-3 defense. And anytime, listen, if it's one thing, Brent, to go from a 4-3 defense to a 3-4, because that takes more personnel, right? You need more linebackers. Um, you, It's just it's a different scheme. But when you go from a 3-4 to a 4-3, I don't think the drastic change is that um, different than from going to a, a four three to a three four. So like from that seg- like from that perspective, it's not that big a deal. Like people are seeing, oh, it's their first year running a four three. They're gonna show some glimpses of they're not gonna be that good. That doesn't really make a difference. But I think if you look at the Chiefs defense right now, that secondary um, could be a little vulnerable. Um, I think Fournette could have definitely a big game. I mean, if I'm the Jaguars right now, like I talked about to stop that offense, Brent. Keep the Chiefs' offense off the field. How do you do that? You pound the rock. And I think if you can pound the rock with Leonard Fournette uh, against that defensive line, you might have a shot to be successful. Foles 3-0 and in opening weekend games, apparently, in his career. It's not a bad stat. Bad Stats. Share yeah. that stat today. Okay. Of course, he hasn't been the starter for, obviously, only three for opening three days. He's been the starter. Career. Yeah. Uh, this will be four. But anyway, that's a good open. We talk about Andy Reid's success, 5-1 yeah. with Kansas City and openers, and he has had a lot of success. But uh, maybe there's something to it. Maybe he's well-prepared, knows how to handle it, jumps right out, gets hot right out of the gates. Well, uh, the Falcons had lost 12 preseason games in a row, and, and that streak got broken. Ah, so yeah. crazy. Um, all right. Uh, what do you expect from Foles and Fournette? Do you have any clue? I mean, is this just some – remember, we didn't get a chance to see him much in the preseason. They did four yeah. drives. That's it. Yeah. I mean, how do we know what to expect? I mean, you certainly expect the team to be fired up to play because they've hardly had a chance to get out yeah, there and do anything. they'll be super anything. hungry to play. They're going right. to be hungry. They're yeah. going to be ready to go because of that fact. And, and, and what people are saying, well, everybody's hungry to go. It's season over. Yeah. But I get your point. Yeah, they, I mean, they just haven't played a lot of football. They've watched a lot of football instead. And I think the the offensive line has a lot to prove. And I think... That's really going to drive him. I'm, I'm really excited to see what Andrew Norwell does, not only this week, but the entire season. I mean, how much money this team paid for this guy who was doing so well with the Panthers and the first season just wasted. So I feel like those guys are going to you know, play their heart out, and we'll see what happens. Later in the week, uh, I'll share more of my interview with Leonard Fournette from last week uh, that, that we've been kind of saving. In fact, yeah. programming note, our Friday NFL night. preview special will now be Friday night at 8 o'clock on CBS 47 instead of tomorrow night at 9 DVR? o'clock. Uh, but it'll have a sit-down with Leonard Fournette in there about a lot of different things. But he got really excited about Cam Robinson being back and Jawan Taylor and what the rookies looked like in the first month. And I always like that because I think God, you can tell. He wasn't just saying it. Hmm. And I think that's good because players know what good is. Players know what it looks like on tape after practice or watching in practice. And so that's a good sign. Uh, Jawan Taylor getting a lot of love so far. Uh, early on in his rookie season. More on the Jags. We've got a little stay in your lane coming up and around the rest of the NFL. Season's just two days away. Next on ESPN 690. Hi, right, welcome back here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you're doing well, safe, and get your uh, family all together, all that good stuff uh, over the next 36 hours don't or so. Don't run out of snacks. It will be, yeah, don't run out of snacks. Um, uh, but I guess uh, this we'll find out over the next 24 hours what it will be. It'll, some tropical storm force gusts, I think, and and then by the beaches, uh, certainly 
Uh, hopefully everybody's prepared because I think that's what's going to be a little bit yeah. of a surge and wave and water event. Uh, it sure sounds like. Once again, CBS 47, Fox 30, the place to be on the TV side. 104.5 FM, the place to be on the radio side for all your Hurricane Dorian uh, information and the latest. Nobody better than Mike Barish and the First Alert weather team, and he's got you covered on uh, that side. And for us, if you want a reprieve from the weather, we're here for you. Uh, looks like uh, all week long on ESPN 690. I have a question. Oh, go ahead, Stuart. D- different time, maybe different age, but I remember growing up, we had a uh, rec soccer game, and it was during a tropical storm that we played this thing. You played? Played during a tropical storm. We we tried to play. I will say that. <laughs> we got out there, and then like 20 minutes into the game, first of all, the ball was not cooperating, uh, as you would expect with you know, 30, 40 mile per hour winds. Uh, and then like 20 minutes into the game, one of the goals just like, Fell over on top of the goalie. Oh my god! And gosh. then everyone was like, "All right, this we'll is not a it. good idea. We'll do it later." Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, growing up, I mean, those, those hurricane days off were were great. That was when you're a kid and you just go out into into the into the storm in your neighborhood, running around. I'm not advocating for this, kids. Uh, but like we would we would go with like skateboards and big sheets and just like <laughs> let the wind take us down the street and stuff. That's what you're supposed to do when you're a kid. You're supposed to go out there, have some fun, and and learn learn your life lessons. Yes, which we did. Don't, don't, go, don't do well, what they take, did. Take my lesson and don't go do that. Speaking of those hurricanes, awesome. Speaking of the hurricane days off, Brent, we're not we're not gonna have off tomorrow because people need their sports, and That's I understand right. that, man. That you, yes. Game week, man. Yeah, hey, I, I understand that, and Screw I, you, Dorian. I'm all for it. My question to you was, and I mean, I'm assuming it's gonna be storming pretty hard tomorrow uh, before I come to the show. Can I get picked up in the action sports uh, tracker thing? Storm or, tracker. Uh, not yeah, it's not action, the action sports. That, the that storm action tracker. sports and weather tracker. Action yeah. Jack's first alert storm tracker. There we go. Thank it's you. It's going to be out working. It's probably not well, going to be available. It, it, it can be out working, picking me up so I can come to the studio. Martino's truck can get you. You just. Hey, jump, I've, jump I've been bed. in a GNC before, okay? <laughs> no offense to you, Brent. I haven't been in an, what, what do you call it again? The first, first alert the action storm Jack's first alert storm tracker. Yeah, I haven't been in one of those yet. The storm tracker's pretty cool. Everyone keeps telling me, we'll, guess we'll what? You, I wouldn't we'll know. We'll get you in it on a nice the, day. The okay. No, I want, I want to see the full capabilities. I want a well, hurricane force We wouldn't wins. be able to fit you with two other people in Probably there. not. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's it's really no space for two. Yeah. Okay. There's no backseat because it's got all equipment. Well, it sounds like someone's got to go on the roof then or something. The the storm tracker's cool. Uh, it's a, it's awesome actually. I think it's, oh, it's a, amazing from a from a it's TV heavy. standpoint. It's, it's so very heavy. good. It's Tell a, me it's how a great app. Yep. Yeah. Keep going. Guys. Changed the game by the way in the market uh, a little bit. It did. <laughs> okay. It did. Oh, it was yeah. a great move. It's and, weird driving it by the way because it is so heavy. But that's what I was going to say. It, you can't go like they actually. Well, it's like fifty, fifty-five. Well, well, you can't. But you're, you're not, not supposed, supposed to go higher than that. <laughs> but like I've driven it down for the golf tournament yep. for our Dream 18, oh, yeah. and we'll put it out there. Uh, and oh, just like on the course, yeah, yeah, we just put it out as some promotional okay. uh, type thing. Cool, cool. So you'll see it there when you come. And out you can on take that pictures. Day. Yeah, you can get it that day. <laughs> Brent said, "Take pictures." Like I'm gonna take pictures of it. No, I, I want to drive that thing at least ride it. Just don't put it on a part pictures. three course. <laughs> it's right. There you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're not winning it. Yeah, <laughs> correct. You get a hole in one. All right. Well, but, hey, it was worth a try. I figured I'd ask and at least see if we have that at our disposal. But we're not running it yet. And maybe one day when we do start running it, Brent. I can get that ride. You can. Uh, the thing about it, though, is, crazy, is like what Stuart was saying. It, it's so heavy that you have to go slow. So it's so weird to drive on the highway at like 53 miles an hour. Yep. So it's made out. I mean, I'm like being plastic. I'm, I assume it's like just well, straight steel. It's got a steel. reinforced frame because of all the additional equipment. Sure. Like it's got a satellite dish on top of it. It's yeah. got all this state-of-the-art weather tracking equipment that the do first watch, alert weather do you watch team TV uses. In it? What's that? You watch TV in it. I believe you. It's got a monitor in the back that you can pop out and bring oh, yeah, the broadcast yeah. onto yeah. it in there. Yeah. 
Wow. Now, sitting in the front seat, you can't. But that's like when it's stopped and you're you're in your spot, your gotcha. location. Okay. It's a cool deal, man. Watch watch the Action News Jacks first alert uh, storm tracker on CBS 47 and Fox. Part of our great coverage. That was, that by the way, that was better promotion for the storm tracker than, than we've any ever promo. given it. Yeah, you guys are um, welcome. I don't know. They drove that thing out on the beach with like the chopper tracking it and you know watching it go on the beach through like little waves and stuff. So that, that was, was probably a fun promotion day. too. Beaters had a good time that day. Hey, uh, how about this? Okay. Linebacker Austin Calitro signed off waivers from Seattle. Joe Giles Harris waived by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I feel for these guys that they make the roster on Saturday. And nothing's guaranteed. But dang it, man, can you get me to the game in that game check? I know. That that is the worst part of the business. And I'm not sure the the rule on that where – if you get cut, if so, if you make the roster and then you get cut before game one, do you still get that game check? Because I think you know you'd... what you know what. As you say that, it might be today is a deadline because isn't today okay. the day? Remember, it was five days before. Now I know they had the luncheon last week, but it was actually a luncheon that used to be done on Tuesday of game week, and that's when Gerard got cut, and they had to make the cut either by like noon or four or something like that. Or he would be. That's why they picked such an awful time. Yeah. 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 So he'd get all that, the dollars. So I think, what time? I mean, this thing came across. I mean, I know it just came across, but maybe they got paperwork in by four o'clock or or whatever the deadline is. But forget about just even the one game check. You worked all camp. No, I know. You've been in here. You did a nice job. They were really impressed with Joe Giles Harris. Mm They're really, I mean, I I remember one talking to the coaching staff. They're like, the guy does everything right. He's done everything right. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. He makes the football team, and then a couple of days later, well, here he goes. He's getting waived for a guy. And then, by the way, this guy might be better. He must he might be great. It's just yeah. I, you feel a little bit for these guys that go through that, and they're like, yes, I made it, and now I haven't made it. Well, it shows you just you know the stress of the NFL, Brent. I mean, like, yeah, sure, you got those guys that make millions of dollars that sign those big name contracts, or the starters that are probably pretty comfortable, you know, when they walk in that stadium. But if you're on the outside looking in, you're one of the last guys in the roster, you can never be comfortable. You you literally walk into the stadium every single day hoping, man, I hope you know there's not a guy waiting to say, hey, GM needs to see you or coaching to see you bring your playbook. Like you go to that stadium every single day expecting that. And I'm not to say maybe you know that this guy wasn't expecting it. I'm sure there was maybe a, some background, but let's be honest. I mean. It's a great day when you when you survive the cuts. You call your family and everything. You, you you're all celebrating. Yeah. And a couple of days later, man, it's just Sucks. a rude awakening. It's 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 the it's the business. It's cutthroat, but it's the business. Found some video of him uh, mic'd up earlier in the preseason for the Seahawks. So if you want to check that out, go check out my Twitter at Stuart A S Jacks is where you can find that. All right. Uh, I like. I had him mic'd up, so you can get a nice little, find. little look into his personality and uh, his playing ability. Very good find. Hey, uh, we got to take one more break. When we come back, we'll stay in your lane and. Kind of get you cooking for the the first week of the NFL season. We have a football game in about 48 hours. That's weird. That is very weird. It's like the preseason was never going to end. It's like Dorian's (laughs) never going to go away. It's like they're they're kind of the same. Yeah. But the fact that we got a football game for real in two days, we better get this fantasy draft thing going. Or not draft anybody from those two teams. We'll be taking place Thursday during the show at 4 o'clock. During the show. We're going to do a fantasy football draft. We're the only show to do it during the show, I think. That might have potential to be really great or really terrible. That's what I'm saying, man. That's a little dynamic to it. I think we're the only show to ever do the fantasy draft ever. Ever. You know what? I'm I'm going to go on yeah, yeah, right now. All the podcasts out there, all the radio shows out there in America, we're the first ones. The first ones ever. Tell I me someone can who guarantee hasn't. you this, people. It's the first one that's ever been done on ESPN 690. <laughs> <laughs> Cause Cause are you here? No, 
Joe, he's not here. Well, then we're not taking a break. No. You want me to stay in your lane, then? <laughs> no, let's talk around the NFL a little bit. If okay. I knew the button, I'd go in there and press it for you. Well, but... Where'd he go? I don't know, man. Uh, I think there was free pizza out there. Probably. <laughs> probably. Let's go running for it. Forget about the break. We'll just go all the way to the top. The uh, <laughs> Hey, Thursday's game. You like the opener, Chicago-Green Bay? You like the matchup? I mean, I do, because it's the Bears-Packers. You know, this is coming from a guy who, when he went to Chicago, because uh, the Bears signed him, all my friends reached out to me and said, hey, man, congratulations, but when you play the Packers, I'm going to hope that you guys lose and you do horrible. So, And I, I got that from family members, cousins, and friends. So, I, obviously, it's 100 years in the making now. We're talking about this Thursday night game, Brent. So, I'm excited for it. Um this is one of the rare instances, I think, the past couple of years where the Bears are probably going to be the favorites. You know, Green Bay is kind of on a little bit of a slide lately. Chicago's built up their defense. Uh, Cleo Mack leading that way. And Chicago's an interesting team. I think it's going to be between them and the Vikings to win the, the NFC North. Sorry to all your Packer fans out there listening, but that's just what I think. And uh, I, I'm, I'm curious to see Aaron Rodgers in this new offense. Can he get it together? Does he have help? Or is this going to be another season where he's going to be left he kind of shaking his head a little bit, wondering who's going to help me? I feel like we have to pump up the Green Bay Packers because of Aaron Rodgers. I just don't know if their football te- team recently, especially, yeah. equates to the hype. You know, yeah, and it's I mean, like yeah. it's hard. Like everybody, when you pick teams, and we'll do this right on Thursday, we'll do some divisional picks. And when you when you pick teams, you're like, okay, I don't want to leave Aaron Rodgers out. I mean, he might be the best quarterback in the game. Yeah. But again, I'm not sure their roster, their team. There's always something I mean, going on. I, they have I Adams mean, at wide receiver. He's one of the yeah, best in the league. No, they, they have some good players. They have the Valdez Scanlings, a younger guy, supposed to be the two receiver. Aaron Jones is an okay running back, but yeah, I just well, and a new coach that people don't really know how that's going to go. Yeah. Well, let's think about this. There's the greatest thing about the Green Bay Packers, Brent. You got Brett Favre, one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it. You have Aaron Rodgers, arguably one of the best quarterbacks right now to ever do it. Only two Super Bowls between those two guys. That's that's all you need to know right there. And a lot of hype, though, is my point. And a lot of, yeah. a lot of hype. Yeah. Atlanta Braves effect right there. Yeah, kind of a little bit. Only get that one one title out of that talent that you had for all those years with that pitching staff. I was going to say, uh, I think it's great that you got a big rivalry game to get it started with. But honestly, it could be the two worst teams in the NFL. And I think everybody would be excited for an NFL game that matters. One for all you fantasy fans out there, David Montgomery, rookie. Uh, they love him. They love him. Love him. Love him. And it's interesting because you have Tariq Cohen, too, who can kind of do kind of some of the same things. But the way they're hyping up David Montgomery now, he's supposed to be like the next big thing. So I'll definitely be watching him as yeah, well. Yeah, let me know what round you think you're going to get him in. I know, right? A mm. fascinating game with the Titans and Browns, you <laughs> yeah. know, uh, coming up in week one. Uh, Falcons and Vikings. Yep. Fascinating game, I think. Uh, there are some good ones. Rams and Panthers, they got to come across Houston's the country playing, to play. Uh, New Orleans. Giants and Cowboys. Jackson yeah. Chiefs, come uh, on. Uh, I think the Jackson but Chiefs have he, the best story. The Saints is what yeah. I'm watching, though, too, Brent. The Houston Texans taking on the New Orleans Saints. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, two, two pretty high-powered offenses. Will, at least what matter. we've been led to Thank believe. Goodness. That's a Monday nighter. Yeah. Hey, we come back a little stay in your lane as well as we put a bow on the show here on a Tuesday on ESPN 690. I'm working on Action Sports Chats Dream 18 prizes. You know the hardest thing about putting together a golf tournament? What is that? Is the prizes. There are two things. Tea gifts. So, like, what do people get when they when they come up and say they're here? Yep. You know, sure. A lot of people get, like, polo shirts or hats or bags or whatever. I mean, they I've had, had differing, differing levels of good stuff from different tournaments. Oh, I've been yeah. To. Well, if you're paying $10,000 to get into, a, into the tournament, you're probably going to get a lot of stuff. Well, that's not this kind of event. And when so, you're not yeah. good at golf... 
it's it's less about the the course that you're playing on, more about the swag. Of course. Oh, I absolutely well, can. Why do you think I play the game? That's it. It's about the swag. Speaking of, did you see I snapped my driver the other day? Yeah, I saw that. I didn't, did you post it on Twitter? Yeah, I, Damn, I, I played Friday one. morning, broke the driver. I've never had that happen. Did you snap it out of just a powerful hit, or did you snap oh, yeah, it because no, you were no, upset? There was be, no, be, hey, be honest, no, bro. seriously. I, I kind of like telling the stories of my anger. Like, <laughs> my four iron, I need a new shaft on the four iron because, sure. uh, yeah, I got mad. Yeah. Uh, John Bachman, I almost took him out one time by throwing my club, and it almost hit him, uh, like, 40 yards down the field, uh, the, the the fairway. He had it coming. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna ever play with you guys. Anymore. I almost destroyed Action News Jacks just, just like that. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, but this one, uh, that obviously we brought our clubs to Ohio. Sure. And I brought I've brought my clubs on the road a lot, but I, on the first tee, I hit the drive like I swing, and I hit it just okay, but partially because I know why now. As I finished, the half the club the uh, club is just hanging on like by a thread of plastic. Or whatever the shaft is made out of, uh, graphite. Graphite. And uh, it just was dangling. Jeez. Like I've had it before, where like if you keep your clubs in uh, your car in the summer, all oh, the glue, would the glue, the epoxy up. there okay. will come out. And so I've had clubs like the head will go flying off, and then you just got to re-epoxy it. Mm-hmm. But uh, this thing was completely just snapped. You got to put that thing back in the bag, and then when you fly back and land, be like, oh my goodness, my <laughs> yeah. driver snapped. And <sighs> what did you guys do? They don't. They don't do it anyway. They don't take care of that anyway. No. I, and I think, uh, it, like, it's a good case. It's a nice case. It's not a hardcover case, though. Yeah. Well, if you find, like, a, a two-pack of drivers with a left-handed one and a right-handed one, <laughs> let me know. We can go in on it half season. Uh, hey, hey, what a great excuse to have to get a new driver. Yeah. It's yeah, awesome. Why not? Better, better mic. You, what are you going to go with? I mean, I don't nah, know. If you, I mean, yeah, yeah, okay. All right. I, I don't know, but I played the whole round with a three-wood, and I'm not going to brag better. here. Yeah, I probably played better. But I not shot a 79. <laughs> there you okay. go. Okay. Yeah. Might have been a message. Get the driver <laughs> out of your bag, dude. Yeah, could be. Uh, okay, go ahead. Stay in your lane. What you got? All right. One second here. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Start it up. That's the storm tracker. That's the storm tracker coming to pick me up tomorrow. Or at least I wish. Is, is there going to hurry up? You got the storm tracker? Oh, do we really? Oh, dang. Okay. Cruise control. <laughs> uh, cruise, do you have the audio? Probably not, right? Are you building some audio? <laughs> Did you send me audio? Uh, I mean, go. I emailed it to you. If that's what you mean by sending it to me, man. The guy's working on cameras. The computer crashed three times. He had to go to the bathroom, or we had to go to a break. All right. What do you expect? Um, oh, can I just do two pump your brakes then? Sure. Yeah, pump them both. All right. Well, what was your cruise control? Just what well, is it? It was the U.S. Open with the uh, Nadal. No, Naomi Osaka versus Coco Golf. Oh, she that was good stuff. We'll, we'll hey, talk about that tomorrow. Take my word for it. She said some really nice words about Coco Golf. Oh, we can Goff's do it tomorrow because I actually okay. have some more thoughts on that. Okay, cool. So, so I got to do two pump your brakes then. Sure, real quick. you can do whatever you want. Right. This is your show too, man. It's just staying your lane. It's not staying your Martin. No, pump well, your brakes. You're bigger than me. Going out to Jakai Polite. Sorry, Stuart. Oh my Florida gosh, Gator, man. Jakai Polite. Uh, pass rusher, third round pick by the Jets. A supposed first rounder. Uh, Polite dropped in a horrible combine, showing after running a, a low four eight, which I would have definitely took. But um, it really dropped is when he failed in the interviews and they continued to snowball from there as he wasn't a fan of being critiqued by teams. Uh, he then goes to the Jets in the third round, gets cut, and uh, a third-round pick getting cut. Brent, that's not an easy feat in itself. And then it comes out that he's also owed more than $100,000 I'm sorry, Oof. in fines for being late and other things of that nature. Josh Colby, by the way, tweeted, he said, it's hard to really get $100,000 fines in the offseason. Well, Brent, like, each fine's like maybe, for maybe two grand. 
That guy just doesn't get it, man. I, I tweeted, $100,000. Wasted talent, and it's too bad. He's going to regret a lot of things down the road. $100,000. The best online comment was saying that they hoped his mom didn't quit her job because his Twitter account is at Retire Moms. Oh, Jakai Polite. We talked I, to him at Pro Day, man. He was coming out of yeah. the combine. It was terrible. It was. It and, was. And you kind of sensed that he might have gotten it. Right. But and he obviously didn't not, get it. Yeah. All right. What else you got? This one's actually from our boss. Nick sent me this, and it's too frustrating not to share. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders, who is one of the best middleweights in the world, actually ranked number three right now. Uh, he's a fighter from England, trains in Tyson Fury's camp, you know, so he's kind of got this cockiness to him. Um, he's undefeated. Uh, he's kind of a showstopper, but he's a really entertaining kind of fighter. Uh, he was slated to maybe fight Canelo next or uh, Triple G, two you know, big-name fighters at the middleweight division. Well, now, instead of that, he will be fighting on YouTube or on Dazzin as part of, of an undercard between KS1 and Logan Paul. Who's KS1 and Logan Paul? Well, they're two YouTubers who don't like each other and had a match last year. They're having a rematch now. So in case you guys don't understand what I'm trying to say, I'm saying one of the best middleweights in the world, one of the guys who's the most talented middleweight in the world, will be fighting on an undercard with two YouTubers. Take it for what you want. Hmm. Pulling in new audience. Now, yeah, but it's not like boxing's dying or anything. That's a bad move. Uh, <laughs> by the way, the I want to ask you about All Elite Wrestling the other night. I know. Not right now. We'll yeah. do it tomorrow a little bit. I'll yeah. give you a little moment in the sun on the on the wrestling. And uh, I do want to talk about that Coco Golf moment. Yeah. Uh, that was interesting. Plus some more U.S. Open stuff. Tiger was fist pumping last night with Rafael Nadal. All right. Make sure you ch- pay attention. CBS 47, Fox 30, 104.5 FM, uh, WOKV for all the Hurricane Dorian latest. We'll be back with you tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Stay safe out there, everybody. Thanks for listening. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.